welcome to a low-key... What? Wow. Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. It felt wrong, but I didn't know why. I'm Stephen Hilger. Yeah, I, I'm running off not a lot of sleep, which we'll get into in our next segment. But um, totally. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's it's an interesting kind of uh, episode this week because again, we kind of came in with a bunch of plans that all kind of uh, fell apart as we kind of devoted ourselves to only playing Hades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got some stuff in the in the backlog and stuff that we have prepared for the future. So there's a lot of cool stuff ahead, but we had to continuously address Hades or we have to continuously address Hades. Yeah, I, I think before I think before we get into our, our Hades updates and listener questions and things like that, uh, we just have a, a couple things we want to go over real quick. Uh, number one, I just wanted to bring attention to the fact that uh, for the past, I don't know, two years, we've been saying that we were going to stream more and now we like actually are streaming more. Yeah, uh, we're, we're kind of like settled and I'm definitely settled in, in my new apartment and stuff. So I have like a dedicated streaming setup and stuff. Um, so I've been streaming Splunky 2 every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time. You can tune in twitch.tv slash into the cast. Um, so that's fun. Steven was streaming Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which yeah, I, th- dude. I think he got bit by the bug, the Dragon Ball Fighter Z bug. Yeah, I uh, my like low key secret on this show is that I'm like secretly very into fighting games. Yeah, but I've been away for a while and I've always kind of like hit a threshold where like, OK, I'm taking this seriously enough that I like. I'm very into it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to study like frame data. So I feel like at a certain point (laughs) I always fall off, you know? Yeah. But it was just really fun. I mean, that game is great. It was, uh, I played that game a lot before we even did the show. So like returning to it was really nice. Um, it is developed by Arc, who make a lot of really cool fighting games. I think they're really like at the like frontier edge of like what you can do in a fighting game creatively and Mm -hmm. mechanically. Yeah. That game is so much fun to watch. I mean, I, I I think they like purposely built that game to be fun to watch you know uh which is what you should do when you're making a fighting game in 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 you know these times these twitch.tv <laughs> yeah. times it's not just like frame by frame arm wrestling like sweating <laughs> <laughs> yawning but yeah i uh i was actually surprised because i was like okay this is kind of a goof almost like i'm just streaming this game i haven't played in like two years yeah was amazed at how a like a lot of people are still playing, so it's not like just, you know, like the 1%. And two, I, I held my own pretty okay. So please let me know if you all enjoyed that stream. If you want to see more fighting games in general, I am totally down to having that be like a, a ritualistic thing. Yeah. My other big idea, which can't happen right away, but will happen in the future, and I, and I tweeted a poll about this, is uh, we've been talking about like, you know, right now we have ITA Live, which is us streaming games whenever you know like we have sometimes we'll have a schedule like you with spelunky but it will be just like a playthrough in that moment but what i would really love to start doing is doing full playthroughs um so the games that i i don't even know why i asked but i was like hey which (laughs) game would you want to see me play and it was oblivion mass effect or dragon age origins and very close oblivion of course won. so i think once i get my series s i'll have access to a lot of those older rpgs and i would love to start doing like kind of full playthroughs so maybe i'll find a day of the week where like that kind of playthrough continues yeah and then continue to stream stuff like dbz which is sort of like whenever you know mm-hmm. uh so that's that's the plan right now yeah our 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 streaming goals aren't really anything beyond just like we like interacting with people in the community and it's really fun to just like hop on and play some stuff and like hang out with chat so that's kind of the idea. I don't know. We, we've always kind of envisioned Into the Aether as just like a thing that that grows very organically and naturally, you know, whenever we feel OK about it. Like I said, I've been wanting to stream Spelunky 
daily like for years and years and Splunky 2 just kind of gave me the excuse to do that and it came out at the right time also um so yeah i don't know that's it's it's fun it's fun and it's good and you can check it out uh twitch.tv slash into the cast um all of our uh streams are also available on youtube as vods after the fact uh we actually we finally have enough subscribers on youtube to have our own url <laughs> it's youtube.com slash into the aether we couldn't get into the cast very goofy the one time we couldn't get it but anyway uh yeah so it's so it's into the aether um but as always all those links are available uh, at into the cast online so that's that's one thing streaming it's happening like for real um i'm really excited to do the long plays um i think you and i were talking about maybe doing some oblivion stuff when when the series s comes in which i'm yeah. really excited about returning to oblivion with you it's our white whale it is our it's white like whale thing, it's like yeah. the thing that you and i have wanted to do for way longer than into the aether has ever existed <laughs> and we did it for a bit and then it was robbed from us yeah yeah the hard drive <laughs> died we lost all the footage upsetting yeah that that's going to be fun but but i think just in general like having having a more like continuous story being told uh via the twitch and youtube is going to be really fun especially yeah. with with viewer input through chat and stuff uh it's going to be a dream i'm We've so excited we've already had that you know like with lester and oblivion and like uh cj and howard and and uh remnant like it's been really fun to have that like almost like tabletop adjacent like group creativity happening yeah uh, totally really really cool so i'm, I'm excited it's for a that. completely different way to play video games like i i know yeah. this is not a hot take twitch has been around for a long time but like <laughs> boy is it fun to play video games on twitch um, yeah it is it's just it's just hanging out and I, that's how i envision it as well it's like we get to have a bit more interaction with all of you which is always like such a joy yeah um yeah yeah it's wonderful so um buried in in that little bit uh also mentioned that steven and i both pre-ordered xbox series s's Oh, yeah. Um, which I think is, is kind of a, a not a big shift from the last time we talked about it, which was the last episode. But like you and I did not pre-order PS5s. I, I technically have a pre-order. I tried. Yeah. I got malware. Yeah, we both we both <laughs> tried to do it. We both failed. I got sued by GameStop. I had somebody at work uh, who pre-ordered two of them. He got a he got a digital edition and a standard edition and is like, wow. I, I can give you the standard edition pre-order. And I'm like, at this point, actually thinking about canceling it, which is like wild to me. I, I think I think you and I wanted to talk very briefly just about our, our stances on the next gen stuff and how it's yeah. changed since literally last week when we recorded our stances on the next gen stuff. Um, but but I think the biggest thing that happened was that Xbox uh, Game Studios has absorbed all of ZeniMax and Bethesda's studios, which is like 10 yeah. studios. <laughs> it happened maybe 10 minutes after I said, like, Xbox doesn't really have any good exclusives. And then I'm like, here we go. You know, they just like scooped up a bunch which i mean that's all really exciting but i think like what i said last episode and what i'm still most excited about with xbox is at least their goal at like the first big step to towards game preservation mm. you know having all these having stuff ranging from mass effect to banjo kazooie on game pass yeah i just think that that the the format of of xbox is inherently more exciting than like we said last time like I'm going to get a PS5 eventually because I know I'm going to have to play Final Fantasy 16, but <laughs> yeah. that's what they're going on. It's like not that I'm excited for it, that I have to get it. Do we know and that I Final Fantasy 16 for the is games. exclusive? I wonder because I mean, 13 wasn't. 13 was on both and I wouldn't be surprised like... Yeah, 15 was on everything. Yeah, I think... Well, yeah, what am I saying? I think Persona is Persona's the exclusive currently yeah. on Sony, but wouldn't be surprised too because I mean, Persona 4 just came to Steam. So like... 
maybe and there's also that whole thing about microsoft maybe acquiring sega yeah uh, i know I, you tweeted that thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i went down this words. like horrible conspiracy rabbit hole <laughs> goof fest on twitter um yeah there, there were there were some like bizarre rumors that that microsoft was going to acquire sega um, which like on one hand, I get where those rumors are coming from. The idea of Xbox buying, you know, one of the biggest Japanese game publishers that exists, you know, to get like a pretty solid foothold in Japan where they have, you know, notably been lacking in game sales and, and in console sales, um, does make sense. I mean, acquiring a big studio like that would, would make sense. You know, it could be Sega, it could be, I don't know, Capcom. It could like there's a bunch of people that it could be, but for some reason it was like uh one guy in an Xbox press event was wearing a Sonic shirt. Uh the Sonic team tweeted out like a plushie of Sonic with some like, I don't know, fizzy looking Mountain Dew kind of drinks, and because they were green, people were like, Are they buying Sega? Um, you know, and it it, it ended up not happening. Everybody thought they were gonna announce it at a Tokyo game show and it, it didn't happen. Um but I do I do understand the ideas behind that rumor. I think that does I, that would be kind of like a smart move, but also very expensive. But the thing about the Bethesda thing, I don't know how much of that stuff is going to be exclusive yet. You know, I think yeah. it's going to take a long time for that stuff to be exclusive because we already know that Deathloop and uh, what is it Ghost Ghostwire Tokyo, I think is the name of it. Yeah, are both uh, are both uh, limited time console exclusives on PS5. So Xbox Game oh. Studios is now making two limited time ps5 <laughs> exclusives um and on top of that i mean starfield which is like the next big bethesda rpg we now know uh, that that bethesda was in talks with sony as recently as like a couple months ago to get starfield to be a ps5 exclusive which is wild um so it is possible that that microsoft just came in and was like actually we'll take that thank you yeah you know, and that, that's gonna be an xbox exclusive but also I'll take one they're so yeah. far in development at this point that i imagine they're developing it for all platforms you know like it would be wild of them to say like let's just like throw all this ps5 development in the trash you know yeah i think especially because it's bethesda like they always are this sort of like omni platform release yes. especially on pc as well like i feel like Sometimes Bethesda games are just like a new sandbox for modders to explore, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I've uh, never really gotten into that scene because I, I, as as many uh, long-time listeners know, I've never really been a PC, uh, uh, a PC gamer. I've never had a uh-huh. gaming PC. Uh, I stumbled into having to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I think it's not a surprise that we're like, we've kind of like, heel turn to microsoft a little bit because they're doing the two things that you and i like separately yeah you know like i think you're big into game preservation and playing a lot of old stuff and like being able to revisit you know games that you loved um with, with fresh eyes and like that's what xbox is bringing to the table and then i'm very much in this like i i want to see new stuff i want to see new technology i want to see new ideas being brought to the table you know and like that's all game pass and xbox as a as a as a service and not a console is you know yeah um, whereas sony still excited to get a ps5 eventually oh, of course but yeah. like it just looks it looks better and they have exclusives like they did last time and i'm sure they're gonna be great exclusives you know that's um, the thing yeah it's like you're gonna and i think like i feel comfortable even doing this show because you're thinking about like what are the launch titles and it's miles morales and demon souls which we're really excited about yeah miles is coming to ps4 as well right uh and hopefully is like just as you know i, I imagine it will work on both i think this won't be as I said, a Dragon Age Inquisition scenario where it's like, oof, why'd you even bother doing this? Yeah. Uh, I getting that, getting, uh, I got, I bought Dragon Age Inquisition for my 360 in like 2015. 
And that's what prompted me to get a next gen system. Really? I can't keep this up anymore. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I, uh, I think, I think it's going to be like, all we would really get is for this year, you know, for this year's coverage is demon souls, which like I'm excited about, but I don't need to, you know, get a PS five to play it right away. Yeah. Like I'm comfortable getting a PS five sometime next year, you know, and we can cover stuff then like there's not, there's no urgency right now yeah that's kind of where like, i'm at as well i mean i i still have a ps5 pre-order technically you know like locked down um <laughs> right but i i am kind of like back and forth on if i'm going to keep it or not because i i am more excited about the series x and seeing what that brings to the table um did you get a series s or x or, i'm sorry series s oh gotcha cool yeah. me too i also i know people made fun of the big fan but i do like the the actual look of the xbox me too. this time i like it like i like the big i, I like the big fan I like yeah, that it looks like it, a, a conduction uh, stovetop. Like I, I'm into that, honestly. I mean, because the PS5 looks like like at a you're at a weird diner and it's like the column and the wall. Like it's <laughs> like it was built in 1986, but it's trying to look like Greek columns. Yeah, you know? it has it kind has of like an Art Deco kind of vibe. vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the Xbox is just like very kind of clean and simple. I mean, the Series X is just literally like a tower. You know. Yeah. But the S, I, I kind of like. Yeah. You know? Well, the, what I love about all three consoles, um, PS5, Series S, and X, is that they're all very clearly built to have incredible ventilation and cooling systems. Right. Just considering how loud, like how how, how kind of uh, much of a goof it was that all of these consoles <laughs> were so loud this generation. I, I love the idea that they like really doubled down on like, okay, this thing's going to have a huge fucking fan, and we're actually going to change the color of the output exhaust uh, of the fan <laughs> so you can like really see how big the fan is the series x is like okay the 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 apple mac pro is this like goofy looking trash can thing but like what if we made that a cube instead would that look less weird um and then the ps5 as you said is a big you know grecian uh kind of art deco column but like clearly those two uh kind of like vents on the side are just huge fans you know that yeah. thing is going to be like hyper cooled um <laughs> right so i i'm kind of excited about that i hope i hope they're quiet at least i think that'll be exciting i mean <laughs> the last xbox system i got was the uh 360 which literally went like ah! like whenever i turned it on <laughs> like i'm not even kidding i remember my roommates in college knocked on my door and asked if i was okay because of the noise my xbox was making <laughs> oh! <laughs> i'm just trying to play marvel's capcom 3 ultimate I uh, just to kind of close the loop on this whole thing. I think I think the um, the the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda. I understand why some people are like not stoked about it. I mean, you sure. know, turning everything into Monsanto Corp is like, you know, <laughs> n- not great and like very much yeah. uh, not what I think Stephen and I are super into generally. We're not huge Monsanto stands. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. It's so, it's just, I need to comment on our own repeated use of Monsanto. It's because so, they're not even around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they were, you know, the like Food Inc. megacorp that yeah. genetically mutated seeds. <laughs> <laughs> to be sentient. Yeah. <laughs> but they just have such a good, like, it sounds like Shinra. They're just such an evil sounding corporation. Yeah. It's like Enron. Like, they, right, right. They exactly. Just, they just sound bad. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I, I mean, it, I get, I get it from that perspective. You know, the, my my interest in this whole situation w- with this acquisition has been like purely from like a how does this change the industry perspective, you know, and like like what does this mean? And I'm I'm interested to see how it ripples out. I guess. Um, 
as always, I'm excited to play new Bethesda stuff, specifically yeah. Starfield, which I talked a bit about. Yeah, I, I was actually talking to a friend of mine because, like, you know, in uh, covering games of the decade, you know, in our episode, we go through 2010 to 2019. Yeah. Um, Bethesda and Bioware, like, were, like, in their prime, yeah. I would say. Especially Bethesda. Um, and I feel like both have, like, so like tanked since yeah it's really bethesda's other studios you know it's like arcane yeah. that's kind of picked up that baton and started making this stuff that people like think totally. about when they think as about a bethesda. publisher and it, bethesda, Doom, you know yeah they've been a good publisher but their own like ips have been kind of not great but we were talking about like who who is more likely to make a comeback would it be bioware or bethesda and i think it's <laughs> bethesda yeah because i think that I don't know. I, I would rather I I, would, I want both of them to have a comeback, but I just like have more faith that Bethesda would like look at Fallout seventy six and learn from it, and mm-hmm. like you know, and at least they'll be around as a publisher. Like even if Starfield's like complete trash, they will keep publishing Doom and Wolfenstein stuff. Yeah, By the way, right. like it really is up to this Dragon Age to like determine their future. <laughs> sadly, and yeah, like it, it is kind of a bummer. I totally agree. I really hope it's good. I know a lot of like Dragon Age fans are like crossing the crossing every finger possible. Yeah, I'm a big Dragon Age fan as well. I really hope it's good, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think. I think more it's- importantly, I'd rather it just like. I hope it's good, and I hope it's also like morally made too. Given mm-hmm. everything with Anthem, you know. Like, yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Abs- no, absolutely. I, th- I think I think that's a good point. Um, yeah. The the thing about Bethesda that I'm interested in specifically is so the original Xbox was like weirdly an RPG machine. You know, like it launched with Morrowind, um, yeah, and then just like a ton of JRPGs and and Western RPGs were all getting developed for the Xbox. It was like weirdly the RPG machine. It kind of like flew under the radar as that for a while. And I think the acquisition of Bethesda alongside uh, companies like Arcane and, you know, they have Obsidian already in there. Th- that all that all just kind of points to the Xbox series line also being an RPG machine, you know, like avowed that new Obsidian Entertainment thing uh, is is going to be an Xbox exclusive eventually, potentially. Um, you know, the new Elder Scrolls and Fallout games like could be Xbox exclusives like. I I think the thing that I'm kind of bumping up against is like as much as I don't think we're going to see a Bethesda Xbox exclusive for a while from any of their studios, I do think yeah. it has to happen eventually or else that purchase doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think we'll probably get Starfield first, given that it was like on, you know, that display of games yeah. and like, but they all feel so abstract, like. I would I would wager that like I, honestly Elder Scrolls Six may just never come out. That's kind of that's, that's so like I mean so they announced Starfield and then they said after yeah. Starfield comes out Elder Scrolls is the next mm. game that we're making. Gotcha. So like I think Starfield is far enough in development and we know this from past Bethesda releases that they tend to not like show a trailer and gameplay until the thing comes out in like two months. That's yeah. kind of what they've done with their past few games. Um, I think I think eventually we're just gonna like find out the starfield is coming out in two months and then we're going to play that thing and it's going to be awesome or maybe not awesome who knows it, it might be bad but i do think that that thing's been in development for so long that it has to be cross-platform but yeah. if the next thing spinning up is elder scrolls which i imagine is in like you know early stages of development at the moment but if that's the next thing that they're doing i could see that being far enough out that that could end up being an xbox exclusive and having the next Elder Scrolls game be an Xbox exclusive is 
wild you know because yeah. i mean that doesn't exclude them from pc also which is the important right. part and like that's why i think it makes sense for bethesda to sell to microsoft specifically is because they're so interested in that pc modding scene and allowing that to happen that being purchased by microsoft allows them to continue doing that while also giving them a shitload of money and resources and locking them down you know totally it kind of works for both parties in ways that i i wasn't uh really thinking about when when it first happened i was just like oh god everything's consolidating yeah but uh i i do i do think it works for the two of them in, in a kind of synergistic way that'll be interesting to see how it ripples out but i i think if i had to guess and put money on it right now i would say elder scrolls is going to be the first uh technically xbox exclusive but that doesn't mean console that just means like the service wow so like on game that, pass and everything you know yeah that would be a big a big thing i wonder <laughs> this is the difference between you and i too because you're thinking about all this business side i'm like i wonder where it's gonna be you know like in the world <laughs> of Ontario, because every game is a different province i would i'm gonna call it now i think i might have said this before i'm gonna say it again because i want to be right i think it's gonna be the somerset isles whoa that is where the high elves are from yeah the altmer uh, they were kind of set up as the main antagonist of Skyrim with the Thalmor and everything. Yeah. Or that's a specific like political group of the High Elves. It says it's not all of them, but I think that having you know the Thalmor maybe come back in some way, having that in the Somerset Isles maybe incorporate some type of sailing because it's like a kind of kind of like an archipelago. Yeah. Um, would be really cool. And I think like as much as I would love a Black Marsh or Elsewhere game with like <laughs> Argonians or Kaji, I think that. Somerset Isles is like a pretty safe bet where it's like still kind of like it's not it's not they're not going all in on lizard people as like the hero (laughs) you know I think that it would be a pretty cool setting you can maybe even because it's in the southeast of Tamriel so you can maybe even incorporate Black Martian elsewhere if you want to have like other zones to go to totally or like Um, DLC or something and also I mean they've built out so much of that world via Elder Scrolls Online as well that there's like a really great blueprint for whatever it's going to end up being um, yeah which is really cool I I think like if you want any kind of hints at what's possible for the next Elder Scrolls Elder Scrolls Online is probably a game to check out which is also wildly available on game pass oh that changes everything so you can go check that out also which is wild but i i do love that that first ever glimpse we saw of the new elder scrolls was literally just the logo over some like like maybe the most nondescript mountains you could possibly have yeah it's like it could be anywhere yeah it could yeah literally any place in tamriel actually it couldn't be black marsh or elsewhere so no cats or lizards in this one (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it could be i mean it could also be uh i mean they could also go back to the like really like the pre-morrowind stuff and redo that because like yeah no one really talks about arena or uh is it daggerfall i think daggerfall is one of them yeah the sack the second game was where the the pirates are from redguard redguard uh and they're from hammerfell yes which would also be cool and talk about sailing that would actually be maybe my favorite hammerfell would be really yeah fun. that'd yeah. be sick i would love that okay i don't know what See, it is this is sailing. the thing we're excited we're excited <laughs> about the bethesda acquisition like I, I i there's the two parts of my brain here that are Give competing with one another nautical cats yeah please <laughs> there's there's the part of me that's like uh, this shouldn't be allowed and then there's the other part of me that's like i wonder if i get to be a pirate in the next game <laughs> Not only can you be a pirate, you can be a cat. <laughs> I could be a cat pirate. Sign me up. Meow, mateys. Xbox wins <laughs> the console wars. <laughs> All hail Monsanto. Thank you for everything. <laughs> <laughs> mm, slop.
If you rearrange the letters of Microsoft, it spells Monsanto. (laughs) (laughs) The M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end of the movie. (laughs) The new Elder Scrolls begins with like, all hail our almighty CEO. (laughs) It's just like huge statues. It's like, you know that moment in Lord of the Rings when they're going into the the elves area and it's like they're going down the river and there's the two huge like statues of the set of like the elves with the big shields. Yeah. I'm just imagining them being like Phil Spencer and Todd Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. There it is. The next one. All right. Did we have other stuff we wanted to talk about in this opening bit or should we talk about Hades now? I think we could talk about Hades now. Once once Monsanto takes the stage, we should get the cane <laughs> out and pull them off. I wonder if we talk about Monsanto more than anyone who ever worked at Monsanto. Yeah, I think we brought up Monsanto more than the movie Food Inc. has, honestly. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, let's move on. Uh, for Just a, a quick like heads up for the Hades segment. The beginning will be completely spoiler free. Yes. Uh, and then we will go into questions. We got a bunch of questions on Twitter and on Discord. We're going to answer uh, most of them. And then uh, after that, we're going to get a little bit into spoilers. At this point, uh, Brendan and I have made it through a certain point of the game, and we really want to talk about it. Yeah, so, I have to talk about uh, it. But that will be at the very end, so if you don't want spoilers, you can easily avoid them. And it will be in the show notes as well, all the time codes and stuff. Yes. Great. Okay. Thank you, my mighty CEO. I wish you the best vacation as I work. <laughs> Have you heard of Monsanto? (laughs) GMOs may be legal in Whole Foods. You keep saying this stuff immediately as I'm taking a sip of coffee. It's so dangerous. Have you heard of the bear market? Okay. So long. Uh, hey, go into our Discord and type in exclamation point oblivion and have a good time. Yeah, uh, that's a th- oh, we should say that too. Our Discord. Oh uh, yeah, Brendan that was the other thing we were going to talk about. Shit. Yeah, Brendan uh, has done a lot of work inviting an all-powerful uh, robot named Bort into the Discord, and yeah, basically we have a bot now, and a lot of things that we used to do manually are automated. So like now, there's like alerts that come up if we're streaming. There are notifications that come up if you elect them. You can. Uh, you can elect to um, choose your pronouns uh, through like a roll call channel if you're new to the Discord and you want to do that. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. There's a lot of really like important functionality to it. And then there's also just nonsense mania. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like you can, people have just kind of been trying to solve the mysteries that you have secretly sprinkled in by doing exclamation point anything. Yeah. To this point, you can do exclamation point oblivion and it will have a random oblivion quote. Uh, spoken to you you can do exclamation point jellical and it will say if you're jellical or not Mm -hmm. you can do exclamation point ska which is you know great you'll see what happens uh there are so many there there are some that even you haven't told me about and there are some that i think bort is just making themselves so yep you know you've created a a seemingly self-aware ai which is incredible yeah there's there's nothing more i think uh the worst garbage dot online i think just like as a brand then people in the discord being like hey can you like add some way for us to get notified when twitch goes live and i introduce that as an all sentient robot (laughs) overlord with a name a face and like a personality (laughs) and like 800 different secrets yeah (laughs) it's like like, 
hey, can you pick up groceries for me? I've made a clone of myself that speaks backwards. <laughs> they will do that, but they'll do other things too. Uh, nobody's found the 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 secret of the of the Oblivion command yet, which I'm excited to find yeah, out. I'm hoping really that saying good. this live on the podcast will cause somebody to find it. Yeah, uh, keep keep up your creative creativity though, and honestly. A lot of you have done commands that have given Brendan and or Bort ideas. Yes. So, like, even if the function doesn't exist. And also, you know, turn back to normalcy. If there's anything you want to see in terms of, like, the actual functionality, like, please let us know because <laughs> yeah. it's a work in progress. But it's it's taking shape in a way that is really cool to see. So I, I appreciate your hard work. Yeah, I think the way, the way you described it yesterday was uh, overnight the Discord evolved into a Nido King. Yeah. <laughs> What? Is that a moonstone? Oh my god. I don't know what that was. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's a good place to be. Oh yeah. Uh, the worst garbage online or into the cast online. Uh, the two ways you can join the Discord. It's a good place. It's a fun place. It's a goofy time. Yeah. Come hang out. All right. Time to talk about Hades. Bye-bye. Goodbye. We are back in the podcast to talk about Hades. Again, Hades. Yeah, again, this is a game we wax poetic about last episode. Um, if you somehow missed that uh, or missed the game itself, uh, it is the latest entry by Supergiant. Uh, it's been an early development for early access for like a couple years. It came out last week and has won the hearts and minds of Brendan and myself and the entire Discord. Yeah, pretty much immediately. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to to play anything else honestly like we had to wrap up our mario bonus which was a blast to do yeah but it like, might be out at this point uh, let us know if you like yeah. it yeah 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 <laughs> um <laughs> but it's just been hard to do literally anything else i i my love for this game grows the more i play it yeah which too. is really um i don't want to say shocking but the fact that this game is seemingly structured like a diablo where you have like a set course that you're going to do over and over again i think the fact that the game's writing is so seemingly infinite and so rich and the fact that like it almost doesn't matter at a certain point how far you make it or if you make it out because you're gonna progress in some way you're gonna see more stuff that other people might not even if they you know get farther in, in an earlier run it's really incredible, and I, and I think for, for this kind of revisit of talking about Hades, which I think we'll probably visit again, honestly, we're just going to go kind of gush about like certain aspects of it, maybe go into like more of the nuanced details rather than like the broader overview we did last time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it is just worth mentioning, say, hypothetically, this is your first episode. Uh, I would actually recommend going back and listening to the last one, uh, just because, yeah. you know, it's kind of our broad strokes. But Supergiant Games made a roguelike uh it's called hades takes place in the underworld you are the son of hades trying to escape the underworld uh for reasons that will become evident as you continue playing it um you are aided by the various gods of olympus uh who will say something cheeky and then give you a power up um and the way those power ups synergize with one another along with the weapon that you choose of the many weapons that are available um will kind of dictate uh your run and and how you continue to play that game uh it is brilliant it is incredible um i'm so glad that it is out and that it came out on the nintendo switch is a a dream come true (laughs) yeah it's it's maybe since three houses it's the first game that i played on docked and handheld almost equally really it works really well on both i think if i had to choose i would say docked just because the soundtrack 
you know, via the speakers cool. is the way to go. But it's also super fun on handhelds. Um, it is like a little small, like it's a little like Zagreus himself is a little small on the handheld display, but like that's really not a game changer. Yeah. And it's also available on PC. So, you know, if you if you have it on PC, then none yeah. of that even matters. Uh, but yeah, right. <laughs> I, I've, I played a little bit on, on uh, handheld mode, but mainly I've been playing docked. I mean, it's pretty much just been docked the entire time. Um, my partner has been playing it. Also, she made her own save file on my Switch. Um, refuses to buy it for her own Switch because she's worried about how much of her time that would eat up, but still is playing a lot of it on my <laughs> Switch, which I love. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so we've been kind of switching off uh, playing it. I don't know how many hours I've played at this point. I don't think the, the Switch uh, uh, play count or hour count thing has updated to let me know how many hours I've played yet, but I think it's a lot. I think it's like a, I, I think it's like three houses kind of Animal Crossing yeah. levels of a lot in a very short amount of time. Same. I mean, I only know because yeah, the Switch mercifully is like, you played this eight days ago. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah but how many hours? Please yeah. tell me. <laughs> me yeah, I think it's 10 days it updates into the hour count. Yeah, but you can actually see uh, there's a thing you can unlock. This isn't really a spoiler at all. And in the Hall of Hades, you can spend resources to like, unlock different parts of that like hub world almost yeah. it almost has a monastery vibe of three houses where, like you're returning to this place and there are characters to talk to and they're always going to say something different that might even comment on your last run and you can spend resources to upgrade it aesthetically and in function so if you have i think two diamonds you can get the administrative room which is like you know this place where you can see i won't spoil like what it looks like but you can see like all the stats of every run you've ever done yeah um, in, in every detail. And in that, I saw how many hours, and I think it's 38, which is actually less than I thought, um, oh, given man. that it's been out for, you know, uh, I guess two weeks now. Yeah, something like that. Well, but, I guess it came, it came out a couple of days before we recorded the last episode. Oh, yeah. So, so a week. Like, yeah, just about a week. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but it's just yeah, a full time job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a full time job. 38 hours a week. But yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think it's incredible. I mean, I think I might even. Uh, we got a lot of listener questions as well, and I was trying to think like what to comment on this time. But maybe we can just go right into questions that, that can kind of frame like what we gush about. Unless you have anything more to say, I think I think the one thing that I just want to hammer home that I I was kind of um that I didn't really understand to its fullest degree on my last or the last time we recorded is just the idea that every run has the potential to be the best one for you. You know, like yeah, like every there are runs that i will go into saying i'm actually going into this with uh, let me finish this thought i guess with the goal yeah. of like i'm just going to get dark gems this run and dark gems allow you to upgrade yourself permanently you know in between runs um i talked a little bit last week about how this reminds me a lot of rogue legacy in that you are unlocking um stat boosts and uh, you know permanent increases for yourself um that will make future runs easier in a lot of ways um, and that's what dark gems are for. And sometimes I'll go into a run saying, I'm going to make this one short and I'm going to do it just for dark gems. And then it turns out I make it all the way to the end of the game. <laughs> uh, and it took me an hour to an hour and a half. Um, and I have all of these incredible boons that synergize, even though I picked them completely at random, kind of as a goof, um, you know, but uh, but it turns out to be like an incredible build. And that is possible pretty much every single time you play this game it is so the the thing that i really want to hammer home this game is so well balanced it's unbelievable how well every boon interacts with every other boon in a lot of instances um i just learned recently that there are certain boon tracks that you can go down so every god has a situation where like if you pick a specific boon early on in the game 
they will send you down an upgrade track specifically to get like a legendary boon from them at the end if you pick the right ones in the right order. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. And and just like seeing those those maps of, of boon trees is like wild um, and like a completely new level of depth that I didn't even know was was in this game. Um, and, and then the other thing is just as I talked about a little bit last week, but just to say again, because it's happened a lot again, is it's like every couple hours you play this game, they introduce a new mechanic that completely changes the way you play it or think about yeah. it. Um, I, at the point that you and I are at now, which we'll talk more about in spoilers, the game has completely shifted again in like in like a really wild way where like it was a roguelike with a narrative. And now it is like a roguelike with a narrative that is kind of endless it feels endless i don't think it is but it feels endless again and i feel like there's going to be another page turn and another new thing eventually that's going to blow our minds again yeah i mean it paces itself so well too because it starts off like you only have one or two weapons and like the game is is it is challenging but i also want to stress that like i think anyone can enjoy this game because there's so much to love yeah like in the presentation and in the narrative it's a really like maybe at this point it it, it might be you know because it just came out but it might be one of my favorite takes on greek mythology honestly yeah i think it's like just really fun and like the character design is unreal and that's actually like i i don't even know why we waste our breath we can just show people the cast and they'll buy this game like like, (laughs) my a a friend of mine just saw eurydice and was like okay i'll buy it like whatever yeah i just think that one there's like a concrete uh, accessibility option where you can turn on something called God mode that just lets you like kind of plow through it. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Uh, so like, you know, if you are feeling frustrated, you can do that. But honestly, I don't think you ever will because you're always getting something, you know, it's not like a dark souls or, or a Spelunky even where like you lose and you do have to start over in a sense. Yeah. Other than the fact that you yourself are getting better um, this game has a really good balance between you are getting better, but you're also getting things that help you. Yes. Um, and yeah, you're just it's like some runs. I don't even care if I if I make it to the end. Cause I'm just trying to upgrade certain items. I'm just trying to uh, further my my relationship with one of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really is so nuanced in that way. Uh, the same way, again, Three Houses, a game that we, you know, loved equally uh, was a game where like you will probably gravitate maybe to one side of it over the other, and the game's gonna meet you there. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's really really good. I mean, I think just to touch on that point, I do think there there is a world where like people who just want to play a good roguelike could just completely ignore all of the like relationship building, the whole cast, like all that, and you could just play this mechanically. Like if you just want a roguelike, you could just skip all the dialogue and just play this game. I don't think you should personally. Break my heart, why don't you? Yeah, yeah no, I mean, but. I know, I know you're getting at, but like, like that is, that is possible. I mean, again, yeah. like you said, the game could meet you there and you could just play it that way if you wanted to. Um, but also, if you want to play this as a relationship sim, that's also like very possible. You know, you could go in and like not make it very far in any of your runs and still progress all those relationships as much as you want um, and, and see those outcomes and hear those stories and, and, and hear that dialogue. And it's all so compelling. It's all so interesting. As you said, the takes on all these characters are incredible it 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 really is like firing on all cylinders which is like such a goofy like game reviewer thing to say but like there is not a there's not a thing in this game that i can really knock you know yeah which i th- i think is is eh, that's hard it's hard to do something to this yeah degree of success 
I totally agree. Because I mean, I think we talk a lot about games that we like, and and it's it's really hard to find games that have this kind of like equal weight with narrative and mechanics. Yeah. Not to mention them intertwined. You know, one complementing the other. Right. Yeah. The way that, and, the way this game contextualizes being a roguelike in the story is is uh, brilliant, and we'll go more into that again. Yeah. In spoilers, but like and, even early on, you can you can see the the seeds that they're planting for how this game is going to. Uh, narratively just kind of wrap itself around the idea of of being a game where you're going to die constantly. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's it, it always feels fresh. Like it really like I don't even know if it's a spoiler. It's a funny moment that I encountered. I don't even know if you would even encounter this. It might have just been like a random thing. Yeah. But one of the bosses, um, the second boss, which at this point I fought like, you know, dozens of times. Zagreus, the protagonist, is like, can I call you something else? Like, how about Lenny? And it just, like, the <laughs> boss title is now just Lenny the whatever. Really? Uh, Always? And, and, yeah, now, for at least for that run it was. And I was like, that's so funny. Like, That's awesome. The, the, the dialogue being so malleable to what you are experiencing it is very similar, like we said last episode, to Bastion's narration, but, like, times 11. Yeah. I think that's what makes it feel so immersive, and that's what makes it not feel repetitive, because it really does feel like you as Zagreus are going through this for the whatever time, but all the characters are cognizant of that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all the, all the gods and all the characters, you know, the Chthonic gods who are like kind of your family. And that's something that, you know, isn't really a spoiler, but something that is kind of striking at my, my emotions and making me feel like conflicted is like, while the Olympians are helping you, you know, giving you these boons and all that, like, the, a lot of the Chthonic gods, other than Hades, like genuinely care about you and are like kind of helping you despite the fact that they don't want you to leave them. Yeah. yeah and that to me is like really like it kind of reminds me of a scene in Undertale where uh, Sans is like, you know, what? Why is it so important that you get to the surface? Like you've got friends here, mm-hmm. you know, maybe right. you can make a life here. Like w- is what you have to do really that important? Um and I think that that motivation is also explored so delicately. Like, why does Zagreus want to leave so badly? Why do certain characters want him to succeed? Why do certain characters not? You know, with the Olympians, there's always a big question mark for a lot of them of like, why are they even helping you? Yeah. You know, right. Like, because we all know, like, if you're if you're familiar at all with Greek mythology, even Athena, who's like maybe the most pure and like just of the greek gods they all want something from this like they're all Mm -hmm. they're all doing this with their own needs in mind totally whereas i think a lot of the chthonic gods weirdly are more selfless in their aid the fact that you can upgrade permanently in the mirror using dark gems is because of nyx right that's how she's helping you which is way bigger than any boon the olympians throw you for (laughs) a run you know totally um never mind other characters you meet later so i think like and something that's happening now and something that, you know, isn't a spoiler, but what you'll immediately note as you play is that there are other characters that are kind of stuck in their own way. Um, yeah. and, and seeing how their stories play out and seeing how Zagreus's worldview maybe is less and less about him as he continues to try to escape is really well done. Right. Yeah. There, there are so many characters that are ripped from the pages of Greek mythology that are just like weirdly thematic parallels to the idea of what a roguelike is you know i mean they yeah sisyphus for example yeah sisyphus is like one of the earliest people that you'll meet and 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 that comparison by itself is like 
almost like trite in how direct it is you know it's yeah but even sisyphus as a character is so well fleshed out and so fascinating and so interesting um that that you you won't be able to resist giving him nectar which is how you uh which is how you like upgrade your relationships with people just to see like what sisyphus's whole vibe is because i think in most just to dive into sisyphus a little bit one of the things that is like hotly contested about like actual greek mythological texts is this idea that sisyphus is probably happy doing what he's doing um everybody's like how what the fuck are you talking about sisyphus is happy he was a king and now he has to push a boulder up a mountain every day for all eternity in the worst part of the underworld how how could he possibly be happy but in the text it says i think sisyphus might be happy doing this you know and and in this game you meet a sisyphus who's like for all intents and purposes pretty content pushing a boulder up a hill all the time he's fucking ripped you know, he's yeah, like, he, <laughs> he's, he's, he's even personified the boulder as a friend of his boldy yeah. with a face in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which like is, is amazing. You know, like just to, just to say like every character has an interesting take on them on that level where it's like, let's actually explore that one sentence that says Sisyphus yeah. might be happy and like turn that into an entire idea, but also relate that to the idea of a roguelike, you know, and then on top of that, this like meta narrative of, this one time somebody mentioned that Hades might have a son named Zagreus. Like what, what's his whole deal? You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, even like the, I, there isn't much about Zagreus in mythology, which I think they probably took advantage of to like really make their own character. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but one of the myths is the fact that I think he was like torn apart and eaten and then was reborn. That's fun. So like the, the idea of starting over is big, but you bring up Sisyphus being happy is so fascinating because like the game is giving you a concrete goal. But you don't really want it, you know, like yeah. you don't want this to end. Do you want to keep playing? Right. So it really is like you're pushing that boulder up and it then falls right back down. But like you don't feel like you've lost it. You're actually identifying with the process over the end result. Right. Because um, at any moment yeah. you escaping the underworld means that you don't get to like see Sisyphus and Boldy again, you know? Yeah. Which is like upsetting. That would be an upsetting thing to never There are other characters again. like, you know, I mean, I won't get into all of them, but like another one who has a clear kind of parallel is Skelly, who's one of the first characters you meet who is like a completely like super giant original. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's a skeleton. He reminds me a lot of Hanbei from Sekiro where they're both the immortal training dummy totally, that has yeah. been given a story and they are no one seems to really know anything about them. Like Achilles who is one of your main allies as well, uh who actually writes the codex you have that like has mm -hmm. you know as you as you slay enemies and as you talk to characters and as you visit places you unlock more and more about all those things in this encyclopedia which is so well written and like it's that awesome. to me is like one of my goals almost like filling the museum in animal crossing is to fill the codex yeah. i just want to know i was just about everything. to say um in, in relation to doctor's handheld the only real time that i've spent handheld in this game has just been reading the codex as like a yeah. book before going to bed instead of playing the game it's a good wind down because like the music is so nice to just go to the hall of hades and read like what the hell is up with you know dusa and skelly yeah, you know so totally. uh yeah it's it's just so it's just so cool but I think I think you're right. And I, I think also another kind of parallel, because I was wondering, one of the boons you can get is the Daedalus Hammer, which upgrades your weapon in some way, and it kind of changes the way your weapon works, which is really cool. And it's similar structure to the boons, but it's more of like a one-and-done thing. And I was wondering, I'm like, why it wasn't a Hephaestus? Because he's the Greek god of smithing. Yeah. But the fact that it's Daedalus is really interesting, because he 
was the father of Icarus, who, you know, the famous myth of flying too close to the sun and then falling, mm-hmm. that even further aids the, the decision of what gods are here right. and what mythological characters are here continuously aids that theme without being on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Daedalus built the, um, built the labyrinth. The wax wings. And the labyrinth, right. Which has another connection. Yeah. Uh, which is fascinating. Um, but there, there is a line of dialogue about why you find the hammers all over the place. I don't know if you've. Yeah. You asked Achilles cause, yeah. cause Zagreus is like, Hey, Daedalus has been really helping me out, but I've like never met him. Cause there, there, are th- there's a part like, it's interesting to remember that like Hades, I think is so often, you know, God of the underworld, you picture it all as hell, but there are different parts of the underworld. Right. Um, it's also kind of heaven. Yeah, exactly. So, like, in in the heaven equivalent, which is kind of almost like Valhalla uh, yeah. more than it is, really like, just you know, warriors, paradise. Right. Like. Um, and there are some lines about that that are really cool, where, like, um, uh, you know, there's one part of hell that's, like, for the worst of the worst. Then most people go to the, like, you know, commercial airline part of hell. <laughs> and then there's the, like, warrior fields. Yeah. Um, and there are some lines of dialogue that are like, you know, are these the best of us? Like, these are the kings and the slayers. Like, the best men I knew are not here. Yeah. It's like, why am I here? Anyway, uh, in in Daedalus was given a like cozy spot in the in the heaven esque place to just like smith stuff for Hades because he's like, this will be useful. Yeah. And Hades is like, Hades himself is like a really grumpy like bureaucrat basically. Yeah. Which is such a fun take on the character because he's like always doing. It's almost like he is this. You know, my read on him currently, and who knows, because I think Hades is like, all the Greek gods have like a lot of blood on their hands. So like, I don't really like, I'm not, I'm not predispositioned to like Hades going in, especially given his role as like the antagonist. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. But there's a part of me that's a trying to understand what makes him tick. And I feel like he's this like grumpy dad who worked his ass off at like a very unfulfilling job that he had to do. And his like one thing is like maybe maybe my son can help me out with this, and the son like totally doesn't want to. So he just <laughs> he just resents everyone. Yeah, you know he yeah. resents because I think that's that's the way the myth goes down is like Hades, Zeus, and Poseidon beat the Titans, their parents, mm-hmm. which you know the game kind of comments on, and uh, the fates were like, oh no no no, everyone you party in Olympus, but Hades you got to go to hell yeah. and like rule hell, and he didn't really want to, so like. That, I think, is slowly being explored as well, this resentment um, from Hades. And, and I think that's why he resents what Zagreus is trying to do. Because I think Hades, my read is that Hades probably wanted to do the same thing at one point and, like, has given up in some way. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, you know, when your son wants to start a band, you're like, I tried in the 70s, man. It didn't work out. Why even bother? You yeah, know? right, right, right. But Zagreus, no, 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 I have to. I can't not. And that we'll we'll talk about that more later, but that's kind of just my read on it currently. Yeah, I'm I'm very much with you, and I don't want to say anything else about that yet. Um, but I I, I very much agree. Yeah, I every character has that depth, every Everyone. single one, you know, which yeah. like is is shocking. It's it's a shocking level of writing, <laughs> and that's something that 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 Supergiant has always done well, especially in Pyre, which was their last game, which I think kind of gets overlooked. Yeah. in terms of the role playing elements, because it was so much about like soccer. But like that game had a ton of really cool characters that all had that depth. And they also were like weirdly in purgatory and like wanted to get out. So there's a similar theme of like trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't we get into questions and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, do you want to take a quick break and then and then do that? That sounds good. But just in case you haven't picked it up, uh, we highly recommend Hades. 
it, you'll be happy you got it. Honestly, I feel very safe recommending this to everyone. Yeah, I didn't even know about the God Mode thing. If God Mode exists, then like there's kind of no reason. You know, if you if yeah. you weren't into it because of the roguelike part of it, like the the fact that there's a God Mode built into it, so you could just experience the narrative is awesome. And honestly, like something that I don't even feel like I I would shy away from using just to like see more at, at some point. If if I feel like I've I've kind of explored the breadth of what i want with the with the mechanic yeah. side of this game but i do want to see what happens narratively like i might turn that on i, I think it's going to take me six months to a year to two years to do that given how much i anticipate playing this game in the future yeah but but i i do see that as as an option which is really exciting um i've also seen a lot of people yeah. in the discord being like similar to three houses where a lot of people were like i had no interest in this game but steven is so not sure about this and <laughs> take his word for it and a lot of people seem to be enjoying it. It really does feel like the the new three houses in that it is like the game everyone's checking out. And I'm so happy that it's clicking for people because I, I was a little nervous. I was so effusive about it last episode that I'm like, am I overstepping my boundaries, like really recommending this so strongly? But it seems like it's working for a lot of people for a variety of different reasons. And I can totally see why. Yeah, I've seen some people say, like, this is my first roguelike and it's the only one that's worked for me. Or, you know, this is my first roguelike and I love it. Or this is, you know, my eighth roguelike and I've never liked any of them. But this one is working. Um, yeah, I, I, there's just a lot to love here. It, it's worth yeah. checking out. I mean, again, even even my partner who, like, does not play games like this that are like this intense. You know, she was a big fan of Three Houses and plays a lot of Animal Crossing. Um, uh, th- this game is like sucking her in in the same way. Uh, specifically because of the narrative and just how hot everyone is. Yeah, <laughs> but it, ha- it has that it share weirdly. It shares DNA with both of those games yeah. in that you have this kind of world to live in and to talk to these characters, you know? Yeah, uh, it's and like some of the best writing in a video game. It's been it's actually been a struggle. I've like been checking out other RPGs and other games since and I'm like, man, like I can feel the drop like, you know, <laughs> in, the, in the level of quality. But that's always been super giant strength, even in games where there hasn't been a lot of dialogue, like in Bastion, the whole thing is narrated. Yeah, it's still like it's it's hypnotic. Yeah, it's a really, really. I'm actually going to wait for Bastion and Transistor to go on sale again. And I'm going to pick those both up and probably I would give say too. Shot. honestly, I think like I, I still strongly recommend pretty much all their games, but Bastion in particular. I think if you like Hades, you will also really like Bastion because they're similar. I want to I want to give similar. it a real real shot for once. Yeah, um, I think, and I, I would like to play Pyre eventually. It it, it seems like they're not going to be able to port it anywhere else. It seems yeah. to be like the super giant kind of like close the book on it situation is like they just didn't build it to be ported, so it's not going to. Um, but that said, I, I would like to check that out eventually. Okay, let's yeah. uh, let's take a break and then uh, <laughs> okay. take some questions, and then uh, after that we'll get into spoilers. Spoilers. I'm, really, I'm thrilled to talk about. I'm so excited. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye bye. We are back. We asked for questions. You sent us questions about Hades, a wonderful video wow, game. Wow, Prince, you got killed by a boulder. <laughs> Good luck out there. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to master my hypnosis impression. Uh, thank you. We got a lot of really fun questions on Twitter and on the Discord. Um, I have them here. We're going to answer them. Starting off with uh, Tobin Kaysner from Twitter asks, favorite keepsakes and characters around the house? Uh, that'd be a good one to start with. Oh, yeah, that one's um, easy enough. So keepsakes, worth mentioning, uh, if you give a character nectar for the first time, they'll give you a keepsake back, which is a little item that you can take with you into the underworld that will give you some kind of benefit. Um, yeah which are wonderful. Um, not every character gives them to you, but most of them do. 
pretty much yeah most of them do and you are you should at least give everyone nectar once just for the keepsake yes they also will upgrade i think up to three stars if you take them farther so mm-hmm. like i've actually been just trying to upgrade all the keepsakes but there's some really cool ones yeah, so me too. i guess starting with keepsakes my favorite keepsake, it really depends because a lot of the Olympian keepsakes are like, it will increase the odds that the first boon you get is from that god, and it will also increase the rarity of the boon. Yeah. I think of boons kind of like finding gear in any kind of dungeon crawler or like a shoot and loot game or like there's the common, rare, epic, that yeah. kind of stuff. I would say my favorite keepsake is either skelly's the lucky tooth which yeah. gives you another revive so if you die you come back with half health it's like it's like a must-have yeah you can get that as a permanent upgrade too so like in the mirror uh you can spend darkness to unlock what's called death defiance where when you die you come back with a certain number of health and there are even boons that will like directly power that up like i think athena and Ares are the two gods that like yeah can directly make your death defiances better but Skelly just gives you another one. So I feel like whenever I'm about to go, like, at the end, I always take Lucky Tooth That's me. me too. Yeah, I um, the same thing. Especially considering I, I wasn't using Death Defiance, which allows you to, like, upgrade and get a, a bunch of Death Defiances. I was using a different one. They're, like, flip sides on the mirror. Uh, I was using a different one called Stubborn Defiance, which makes it so you can, you can revive once per room that you're in, but you get less health. So I think Death Defiance brings you back with, what, 50%? Yeah, and it's three. It's like for the whole run, it's three times. Yeah. So, the the thing there is like death defiance is great if you can make it far enough that like you have like I've got to the point now where I'm like, okay, I want to go up against the final boss with four revives ready. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas where stubborn defiance is like kind of more in the moment, where it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about wasting them because they're going to replenish each room, but I'm going to have less in total. Yeah, and there there's some fun strategy there also where it's like okay, I, I didn't know this until I streamed Hades the other day. But you can just die on purpose in a room. And then, you know, if you have under the 30% that Stubborn Defiance brings back, you can just die on purpose in a room so you can get your 30% health back, which is like yeah. brilliant. It's a brilliant idea. But I anyway, say, keepsakes. We yeah. didn't, oh, Lucky Tooth was yours. That's what you're saying. Lucky Tooth is mine. I also, for the beginning, especially the Cerberus Collar is great because it gives you a lot more health. And lately I've been using the, uh, I think it's Everlasting Acorn. It's from Eurydice. Yeah. That one's great. It makes every boss the first four times they hit you, you take no damage, which is honestly great for like learning enemy patterns. Mm-hmm. Like you can kind of use that acorn, but okay. It also just helps with the boss fight. Cause like, you know, for me, I can get thrown off psychologically. If I get hit too early, I'm like, oh shit, it's over. You know, yeah. getting that Same. buffer is really nice. Yeah. So I think the acorn, the tooth and the collar. Are, are my favorite i've been using the everlasting acorn a little bit more recently um the one that i always use generally at the beginning is the hypnos money bag um, oh that's a great one just too, to yeah. like because when you start off uh when you first get it i think it's 100 you get 100 coins just like right off the bat which is great for like an early good caron shop visit and just get like a boon like an extra boon on top of something else so big fan of that one um, yeah, Everlasting Acorn's great. Lucky Tooth, I always take for the end. I've been using one of the uh, one of the mirror perks that makes it so I am more likely to get a boon that is rare or better. I think I'm fifty percent more likely right now to get a, a boon that is rare or better. Uh, I max that one out. Um, so that plus a boon from one of the Olympians, you know, uh, sorry, plus a keepsake that's from one of the Olympians that is fully upgraded and gives me another, I think it's 25% on top of that. 
already 50% means that I'm just constantly getting rare or better boons the entire run, which feels like way overpowered. Um, <laughs> but it's great. Cause it's like, okay, like I've, at this point I've learned like what, <laughs> what's the one boon that like I need. And it's, uh, the Athena dash. I love the divine dash yeah, so much. Yeah. It's incredible. So yeah, it just, and it's like, that's the cool thing about keepsakes is that they really are all good depending on what kind of run you're going for. Yeah. A but lot I of think it depends the one on the weapon I'm using too. Yeah, totally. Like there, yeah. I think there are some that are really good with the bow. Like I think uh, Thans is great with the bow. But yeah, and in terms of characters around the house, that's a really tough question. I honestly really like Achilles. And that might be surprising because mm. a lot of them are more colorful than he is at first. But he's just like so well acted and so earnest. And I really love that he is the voice in the compendium. And I'm very intrigued by his story because... You know, Achilles plays such a big role in the Iliad, and they're kind of nodding to that in the game. Yeah. I found that Achilles is, like, weirdly my moral rock. Because, like, everyone else is kind of keeping secrets from you or doesn't want to reconnect in some way. <laughs> uh, or if they do, they're too eager. And Achilles is, like, the one, like, just, like, refreshing character to talk to. And, yeah. like, it's just so genuine at yeah. least right now i i really like his presence yeah his his story as you progress is uh interesting i'm at the point where um i'm at the locked heart on his his mm. uh, relationship upgrade so i'm just like waiting for that last thing to happen and i know what it is i know how to get it but like i'm just waiting for that to, yeah. to proc um which is taking a while but yeah his story has been fascinating as you said uh, the, the way he writes in the compendium is really really cool um the person who i'm always most excited to talk to when they show up in um, the house of Hades is Meg. Uh, yeah, Meg, great. Meg is like fascinating just because of her relationship with her sisters, I think. Um, you know, so, so the, she's one of the three furies. Uh, there's Meg, there's, um, oh, Electo, Electo, who is just like, you know, pure evil loves, you know, has big sharp fangs, just wants like blood to spill everywhere. Like yeah. that's kind of her vibe. And then to who can only say the word murder uh or murderer um and uh and it's just like shocked every time you show up because she's like oh, i get to kill somebody again murderer yeah this is a murderer yeah. i get to kill them she's like amped <laughs> about it um and all the conversations that zagreus has with meg that are like so what's it like having sisters like that where you're the only one who is like even remotely close to normal um yeah are really fascinating conversations but there's also the relationship you know that is very much alluded to between her and Zagreus that has happened at some point in the past um, that, that I, I think is really interesting to explore and her like melancholic kind of uh, delivery of lines about their relationship is fascinating. She, my read on it too is that I think she is secretly the most hurt that you're trying to leave. Or like, I agree, I totally it may agree. Be Especially because she like, has, to, she it's her job to try and stop you. So it's yeah. like not only am I upset that this is happening, but every time I fail, it means that it's going to happen. Um, yeah which is brutal. yeah it's and Sisyphusian right and her sister's getting involved even she's like Zag I know I give you a hard time but like I did not want you to meet my sisters yes <laughs> like that's that's not a fate I wished upon you yeah yeah she she's I mean you know and her and uh Thanatos the Grim Reaper are like I think the two characters that are like most pissed that you're leaving them you yeah. know yeah. like they would never say it, but they're just like... I mean, Than says it a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. every time you talk to Than, he's like, don't fucking leave, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're also the... 
from what I know, they're the two of more options that are romance options for Zagreus, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I don't know who to choose, honestly. But there are questions about that later, so we'll talk about that okay, great. in the future. But yeah, I would say... Because um, I, I was about to tell you what my answer is, but let, let's keep going, I guess. Uh, also, honorable mention to Cerberus. I always pet them when I come back. Always uh, pet Cerberus, like, yeah. yeah. Buy Cerberus, Cerberus a, a big bed, a big pet bed if you can. Totally. Yeah. So Achilles would be my. So I would say in short, Achilles is my favorite if I had to choose. And my keepsake is the lucky tooth. And who, yours was uh, Meg and also the acorn, right? Or yeah, I mean, it, it, it changes constantly. But uh, the, the <laughs> one that I, I think I rely on the most is probably the lucky tooth. But I just wanted to give a shout out to the Hypnos money bag because I think it's great oh, for an early yeah, totally. run. Uh, at Kyle Labriola on Twitter asks, what's your strategy for building your run if you have any? Usually I try to balance getting together a move that's good at taking out crowds and a move that's good at focusing on one enemy, or I might focus on something that stacks on itself over and over, mm. like Hangover, which is the Dionysus like poison damage, basically. Yeah. That's a great question. I think that's actually a good move because I think that what I've noticed is that sometimes you might have a build that is great at taking out crowds and that sucks against bosses. Yeah. Um, I think the shield is a good example of that. Like, I think the shield is like a really safe pick to like progress but like it always underwhelms at the bosses at least for me at yeah, least like the default shield i would say with the with the what my strategy is it really is beholden to the moment i do think now that i've gotten i'm personally a huge fan of the twin fists especially the there's an aspect that makes your uppercut like magnetic you introduced me to that and it's like it has become my favorite. It's unbelievable. One- also, when you do, I didn't even realize this when I unlocked it, but I went back and read it again recently. When you uppercut, when you do that magnetic pull uppercut, it also makes your attack do more damage and more likely to crit, which I, yeah. which I didn't realize. So you uppercut and then every time you punch them, it, it has the potential to do way more damage. Incredible. It's an incredible upgrade. I usually prioritize defense because I, I think that this game is, is almost more of a test of endurance than anything else. So I really like getting the Athena boons with like, the divine dash, the reduced damage. Aphrodite is also great with that. So, yeah. like, the build that I won with was the Twin Fists with a lot of Aphrodite and a lot of Athena. I also am a big Artemis fan because I think that, like, those three gods seem to pair the best with other gods. Like, there are some gods that are, like, like Zeus is just going to be lightning bolts. It's kind of one note. Yeah. It could be, re- it could really make a run. But, like, like I love the dash that just shoots lightning wherever you were. That's great. Mm-hmm. And also pairs well with, like, certain weapons you'll find that like zeus or other gods are really good with but i think that like artemis aphrodite and athena uh and Ares too actually go really well i was about to say yeah the 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 thing about zeus and i think dionysus is that it's a little bit one note right it's like you're going to be doing hangover damage you're going to be shooting lightning a whole bunch and like that's really exciting and can be very helpful the 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 rail for example is awesome with both of those uh, yeah. If you go heavy on hangover or heavy on Zeus lightning bolts with the rail, I mean, it's it's unstoppable, especially if you get the Daedalus upgrade that makes it so you don't have to reload ever. And you just shoot a lightning bolt out every single time you hit them with a bullet is like unreal. It's an unreal upgrade. And and also the fact that the Dionysus stuff can stack, you know, and, and you can continue to upgrade hangover and the lightning to do more damage and bounce between more foes and like affect other people and do other weird side effects on top of that is like ridiculous but sometimes if you're using something like um the sword or the bow like that's not going to be as useful but Ares weirdly is kind of the halfway point between what you're talking about with like artemis and aphrodite and what we have with with zeus and, and dionysus where Ares has the doom effect 
which means that every time you hit somebody, it like has a little kind of like Democles sword hanging above them that like drops back down and does extra damage. That feels like it could kind of have the same vibe as Zeus and, and Dionysus, but actually synergizes so well with everything else that's happening. There's a lot it of does. stuff that allows Doom to, to kind of like bounce off of other things um, and just be kind of like um, an added perk on top of the other damage that you're already doing, which I really love. I mean, Ares to me feels like actually the most well-balanced, like best choice in a lot of instances, especially if you're like first starting to play this game. I would say just like give Ares the nectar keep his keepsake with you like at all times and just like go heavy yeah. in on doom upgrades and like getting the blade rift uh as your cast yeah. and your dash and stuff like that's all awesome uh it's really he's his stuff is awesome and he also like Ar- artemis and aries go well together yeah. too. like there's there's a thing where like artemis makes your cast like hone an enemy like it targets them like a homing missile and aries makes that into a blade rift so it's like a homing blade rift yeah which is ridiculous and and a lot of Artemis stuff is just raising your chance to crit, which like can pair so well with so many other gods. Because then it's like if you crit, then X happens. So like, I think overall my build is like I'm more interested in upgrading my own stats. Like I think the Daedalus Hammer and gods like Ares, Aphrodite, and Artemis are my are my way because you're you're getting fundamentally stronger. Yeah, not just relying on on like. Uh, extraneous abilities which can be also great but like can can leave you hanging when you need them right like um, my my okay so you were talking about how uh the athena divine dash is probably your favorite boon and it's like yeah. a must-have for you which i kind of also agree i think that's maybe everyone if i had to guess I mean, it's a really popular really one yeah, but, it but seems really there's good. um there there's a dionysus upgrade that is uh every time you drink from a fountain you get full health and it increases your damage by a certain percentage especially you know and, and that changes depending on how rare that version of that boon is when you have a 50 percent chance like i do of getting a rare or better version of a boon plus you're holding the dionysus cup keepsake that's fully upgraded and maybe you've met chaos once or twice and you know things are upgrading and maybe eurydice yeah. or something like when you get the heroic version of that it is absurd. It is yeah. absurd, especially considering you're going to get a fountain guaranteed at the end of every floor. So you're going to get a huge damage upgrade along with that. Plus, if you upgrade uh, the, the contractor to get some fountains like kind of just sprinkled around your run, that has the potential to be like huge, like uh, game altering shit. Uh, I am a big fan of that one. That's like that's my like if I if I can get it, I will get it uh, in the same way as Divine Dash. And there's also another god that we're not talking about. I don't know if it, I don't know if you're doing it on purpose. I'm doing it on purpose. I'm not bringing them up, but they have a specific ability or a curse effect, as as it's called, um, that I was like iffy on originally when I unlocked this god who shows up a little bit later. They're the last god that you're going to unlock that I now completely adore. Like yeah. total 180. Like their their stuff is awesome um which we'll talk about i guess in spoilers yeah i mean dionysus going back to dionysus though i, I tend to prefer his passive abilities over the active ones totally like, agree yeah the strong drink and the positive outlook are great weirdly same with poseidon i think poseidon unless you're going for a build that is all about knockback i think that getting his his call is great where you just become like a wave and like yeah bump into enemies that might be the best call in the game at least offensively um but I he has another Artemis, but yeah Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing that Poseidon does is just like it's called like Ocean's Bounty. He just gives you a bunch of currency. Like you get like a bunch of rewards Yeah, that it's the equivalent of like four rooms. So I'm like, you might as well just do that if you're not going for like a 
pushback strategy. Yeah, which I, I did this morning specifically build a run around knockback uh, with Poseidon boons, which was destructive. I mean, it was. Oh, ridiculous. it could be great. It was yeah. ri- uh, ridiculous. Uh, every time I dashed, it did. It did that. And I think I had like a double dash effect or something. So it was like doing two waves um, yeah. and like knocking people against walls. When you get to um, the last area before the final fight. And it's real. I mean, without spoiling what it is or whatever, it's a lot of really small enclosed rooms and a lot of enemies in those small enclosed rooms. If you have built a Poseidon pushback, like bump people against a wall and do 300 percent damage when they hit a wall kind of build absurd. You just fly through that entire area like without even thinking about it. It's almost fitting to the characters that like Zeus and Poseidon are best when you are just doing their shit. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's it's like everyone else is like kind of willing to work together. Like Hermes especially is like so secondary. Mm-hmm. Like and he can also be very fun because he can like make you just dash more, which is great. Yeah. You know, um, I think chaos and Hermes seem the most like no brainer because they're not going to interrupt what you're going for. They're just going to add a little spice to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Anyway. Yeah. My question is like I, I tend to prioritize core stats and like defense over anything else that's that's what i do it sounds like you go for uh a little bit of aries uh at least that's like we start off with yeah i i I just think like early on aries or dionysus are like good picks to kind of like go all in on just to like start to learn and understand how things synergize together my like overall strategy now really is dependent on the weapon that i pick but generally i i will hold off a long time i think on picking up boons that affect my special or my attack until i kind of have a better idea of what gods i'm going to run into on that run um yeah. which is kind of like maybe a weird decision to make but i it makes it's sense. been it's been paying off for me so far because you it usually pulls from a pool of like three or four like you're not going to see every god in a run it's worth noting yeah. like you'll see one and then you'll see like a few more hermes usually shows up in the second area Mm -hmm. i noticed yeah but but hermes isn't gonna affect like hermes is always gonna show up and and he's not gonna affect my attack or my special you know like totally if i run into dionysus right at the beginning or like say i run into poseidon right at the beginning and he offers me like your your attack or your special does the like tidal wave knockback thing i'll like hold off on doing that even though it might seem obvious to get an attack upgrade like a damage upgrade and like have a cool effect I'll hold off on that till I see who else is going to show up first. Yeah. I almost always prioritize getting a cast first too. Cause like that's sometimes like mm-hmm. your cast by default is really useless, but it can be one of the most useful things if you invest in it. Yeah. It really depends. I find that the cast is really fascinating because it's like you can get that mirror perk that makes it that if the cast gem is lodged in an enemy, you do like a bunch of extra damage to that enemy. Um, yeah. And there are some casts that make it so you can't lodge that gem into them anymore so like for me somebody who is running with that with that mirror perk upgraded um i am like very selective about what my cast is going to be it's going to take like an epic or better boon on that cast to make me give up the damage boost that i'm getting you know it has to be like a really good festive fog from dionysus or like the the uh artemis one that you were talking about earlier like there, it has to be really good for me to pick yeah. it or the blade rift um totally anyway that's that question. <laughs> it really, I feel like in short, every answer is like everything, basically. <laughs> like, <laughs> Again, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about before the break, but like the game is so well balanced that everything yeah. is viable. Um, it's just about what you like, which I think is really fun. I mean, yeah, for a while, it, the shield was my favorite, and now it's easily the fist, and I'm sure that will change again. Yeah, mine has changed many times. At uh, Televisoire asks, which dungeon floors slash enemies are giving you the most trouble and which are the most fun to tackle? 
That's a great question. Um, I would say also depends on the run. It depends on what weapons I'm using. Um, overall, I think I've noticed that the fourth area either destroys me or it's a breeze. Yeah. Um, I think that area though, I think the most fun, I think the most fun is also the fourth area. Cause by then you're so excited to see if it's going to be the one, you know, yeah, like you're yeah. right at the end. Totally. And, and then there's something really special without spoiling what that place is. It is like the border between like this extra planar reality and the real world. Yeah. So like, and it is the most like complete, like 180 shift of how you play the game too. There's like way more yeah. choice involved. It, it's, it's less of a, you're just going from room to room and just like making your way to the end of the area there's like a little bit more chance and a little bit more like yeah. interesting choice involved there than usual which i think is there's like really interesting yeah a lot of risk reward too because like there's a point where you can progress but you can stay longer if you want to and yes. pick up more stuff so yeah i think um have you fought I the think, boss in that area by the way i have uh the should we just say what it is uh maybe not but i was just maybe curious not. if you'd ever seen it there are a couple but i'm pretty sure i know the one you're thinking yeah of. i ran into uh, i ran into one by accident because i i couldn't find the thing that you need to find um yeah and and was like floored that there was a boss that i hadn't seen after all the times that i'd made it there and that boss might be the hardest boss in the game honestly <laughs> like yeah, it's it's, it depends like, on it's your the build, big yeah. middle finger like you just don't want to run into that boss yeah in that area so i would say like weirdly that is the most fun and the most challenging place um although i think there's a lot of spectacle in all the areas but i, I think that the that area there's something very particular about for me yeah i i do find that elysium gives me some trouble sometimes there's some there are a couple enemies here and there in elysium that like i will bump up against um and as asphodel is just like a fun i find that the entire time in asphodel is just like completely being a fucking tank like it doesn't matter what your weapon is and what your build is at that point like you could just fly around asphodel with you have enough boons and you have like your dash is like fun enough at that point that you could just like run around and just like explore all the weird synergies that you've unlocked by that point and just like have a really fun time. Um, yeah. That also comes hand in hand with like you will end up in the lava a bunch, you know, like <laughs> you'll have so much That's... fun and be like so kind of slapdash about whatever you're trying to do that you'll end up in the lava. Yeah, I think um, I think that like Asphodel does feel like a treat in some ways, weirdly, because like. Yeah. The first area, the first time you fight the first boss, that is the Father Gascoigne wall. That seems to be the thing that gives most people the most trouble, weirdly, other than like the final boss. The first time you fight uh, Meg, mm -hmm. it is it is the wall. And now it's like just another step in the road, you know? And like the third boss is the test of your build. It's like, did you actually make something viable or were you just <laughs> running yeah. around picking up stuff? So yeah, I, I agree. The, the third area can be tricky because it's also a lot of armor. So like... Mm -hmm. That's an area, too, where the shield just sucks. Like, it's so bad in that area. At least, like, by default. I'm sure you can... Uh, I think if you get the Zeus boon, you can make it pierce armor and stuff. I was just like, about to say, there, there are a couple things that I, I'm thinking of right now that might make that a little bit better with the shield, but I have not had a run like that with the shield in Elysium. It's always yeah. just kind of a, a little bit of a pain. But the fists rule. The fists are actually great in Elysium, and, yeah. and, and weirdly, one of the bosses was like, oh, like... You know, when I was when I was in the mortal realm, like I was actually defeated by someone with their bare hands. Yeah, which that was kind of a cool. Yeah. Like they always comment. Exactly. On what so you're like using. I wouldn't exactly call these bare hands, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> these are the fists of a forgotten god. But yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. We'll move on to the next one. Uh, and Drake one at Twitter. Uh, actually asked two questions. We'll do the first one. Uh, because it's probably quick. 
What's your favorite weapon slash aspect, and why is it not the adamant rail, despite all it ever doing was loving you? Um, can, wait, can I take that one that. real quick? Yeah, please go for it. Uh, I beat I beat the the last boss. I had like a successful run for the first time last night. I was up really late, as I alluded to earlier. I was up until like two two thirty somewhere in that vicinity, um, just doing runs over and over again. And like by the end, if you if you make it to the end of a run, it'll take like anywhere between like forty minutes to an hour, generally every time. So every time I lost, it was like, oh, God, I can't believe I have to do this again. It's like, can I stay up for another hour? I guess so. You know, and doing it again. <laughs> and I had died against the the final boss uh, almost. I, I think it was like nine or ten times in a row at that point. Uh, just brutal. Um, and I was like, let me just do a fun, stupid run to end the night. And I picked the rail uh, and ended up winning. It was my first win was with the rail, which with with a, a build that was just nonsense. It didn't synergize at all. It was horrible. It was just yeah. complete shit. That's uh, the thing. And, I, also and I ended up winning. I won on a build that like what it was good, but it was not my best. Like, yeah. I had Sometimes you have builds was, and you go yeah. into that ending and you're like, this is the one. Th- yeah. This build is perfect. I can't, you couldn't plan a better build than this. Um, and, and then you it's just still just up to you. Yeah. You know, it's still it's still up to you, which I think is really beautiful. Uh, yeah, I got one of my favorite boons is the Artemis one where, where an arrow is shot every time you attack as well. Yes. Oh, and with the so fist, it's just like all this like you know crazy shit happening um but anyway anyway uh, best aspect um i you already brought it up but the the one for the fists that gives yeah, you the, the magnetic, talos aspect yeah that's my favorite the magnetic so uppercut far. is just absurd it's so fun um there's uh the the one for the shield the aspect of chaos that makes it so every time you do your, yes. your like bull rush you shoot out more than one shield is like really it's fun awesome. and goofy really good especially yeah. if you like commit to upgrading that one so you get bonus shields every time um, that that is a situation. That's exactly what I was thinking of when we were talking about it, like making Elysium better with the shield is like, OK, well, if you have, you know, like a Dionysus upgrade on your on your shield throw or like a, an Ares or a Zeus upgrade on your shield throw and you're throwing like four or five shields out and they're all doing like a bunch of like wild status effect damage, that could be really fun and cool. Um, but yeah, I, that, the aspect of chaos just seems to get better the more you upgrade it which like that seems like the best shields uh, that's yeah. definitely a game changer for the shields uh i also just got the aspect of nemesis for the sword which just makes it that whenever you do your special your next attack does like has a really high chance of critting which i think pairs so well with like everything else it is you're very doing. quickly becoming my favorite weapon yeah that one that's a really good one um and it's cool too because they're all tied to characters so like the gods will always say something yeah you know yeah like uh i think the spear was actually used by hades so zeus would be like oh taking after your father aren't you yeah don't you know or whatever and drake one's next question what is one mythic character greek or otherwise that you would have liked to see represented in the game i thought it might have been cool to have a spear aspect based on the mayan god koko khan or have Prometheus involved in the narrative as the OG rebel deity? That's really f- interesting. I mean, I think I mentioned Hephaestus earlier, who's always like, I love Hephaestus. Uh, he's a very interesting character because he's kind of like the least, uh, he's not very well liked amongst the other gods because he's kind of like awkward and, and seemingly, he's described as being ugly, basically. Mm-hmm. So they're like, go hide in the volcano and make stuff. But he's married to Aphrodite, which is like, its own other story yeah which is told in different ways like one story is that aphrodite is like who will marry me and aries is like i'm buff i'm the god of war i'm the easy choice right 
and Hephaestus makes her like a beautiful ring and she's like, oh, I'll marry him because he put more thought into this. But the real story is that she marries Hephaestus because she knows she can cheat on him with Ares oh my and gosh. he won't do anything. <laughs> so, you know, brutal stuff happening there. Um, so, but I don't know if I, I like Daedalus weirdly instead of Hephaestus, given what we said earlier. Um, would have liked to see Apollo. I think Apollo's absence is noted because he's like one of the Olympians. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Artemis is cool. They're siblings, you know, the sun and the moon. But it would have been cool to see Apollo, I think. Yeah, uh, Apollo. I was actually going to bring up Apollo and, and Prometheus was, was going to be my like real choice. Um, I think Prometheus yeah. kind of has like Sisyphus and uh, just a lot of like interesting thematic pairings with what you're trying to accomplish as Zagreus and just the idea of roguelikes in general. I, I think Prometheus would be a great pick. I did see a thing. I It was really late when I read this last night, but I did see a thing last night um, that I don't know if it's confirmed or not. So I'm, I'm trying to remember, uh, but whatever, I'll say it anyway. That Supergiant specifically said they didn't pick Hephaestus and they picked Daedalus instead, specifically because Hephaestus as a god uh, might confuse players into thinking that they'll be able to like hang out with him at some point and like level him up and like upgrade his relationships and stuff. Um, and you get a keepsake and whatever and making a data list just made it very easy it's like this is just a regular ass upgrade not related to a character or a god or boons really in any way it's like its own separate thing um so just like a way to kind of i guess like ease the player confusion thing but honestly i kind of see hermes that way i do see hermes as like you as like a blueprint for how you can make hephaestus the the weapon upgrade um yeah yeah it, it, Hermes is interesting too because he's the one Olympian who like regularly goes to the underworld. Right. Like he and he and uh, Charon are kind of buds. Yeah. I thought it was Sharon before this game came out, so it's Charon. I I rectified. I also my thought it was Sharon. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I think that would have been cool to see Apollo. I don't know because he's the god of the sun, and like he's also kind of a champion for mortals in some ways. Like he's a more mm-hmm. beloved God. So maybe that's why he's not here. Cause he's like one of the kinder ones. He's actually nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's actually nice. Uh, speaking of, uh, Perso Kansi on Twitter at Perso Kansi asks, which goddess did you drown in gifts first? And why wasn't it Aphrodite? Some, some Aphrodite scorning happening there. I drowned Artemis in gifts. Cause I was most interested in seeing that story play out. Because they are the most different from the Olympians, they're they're more of a recluse and like and they they early on share they kind of empathize with Zagreus in a way that isn't like come to Olympus. She's just sort of like, hey, like I can, I know like this is a one way call, but I also get what it feels like to be lonely like in your own home. Yeah, like I don't fit in in Olympus either. So I really I felt a kinship with with Artemis early on and and maxed her out. Um, weirdly, I've maxed out Zeus as well. I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, but I, I max and once you do on their keepsake, there's a little drawing of them and it says like some kind of quote, which is nice. I've yet to figure out what exactly that does, but I guarantee it's something cool. You know, find forging a bond in that way. Yeah. So Artemis was mine. Who who did you shower with gifts first? Dionysus. <laughs> Hey, Zach, man, let's party. He's yeah. very Rocky Horror. I love yeah, his energy. Yeah. Di- Dionysus immediately was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I, <laughs> any nectar I have is your nectar, man. I, can, you're the god of wine. Consider me the god of nectar in your case. <laughs> Dionysus is a really fun addition, too, because he's not like when you hear Olympians, you may not think of him right away. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, he's got a wine, he's got a theater. Like, I think also like the god of orgies, which was like very clear. Yeah. Um, he's just like. He's just down a party. Yeah. That's uh, great. Yeah. He, he's, he's fun as hell. So, yeah, I, I picked Dionysus. I do really like Aphrodite because, like, 
there's a really fun entry about her in Achilles Codex where he's like, I'm starting to think that she is the most powerful yes. and the most terrible of the gods. Yeah. Cause like, it's so much worse to have a broken heart than like be struck by lightning or drowned. Like that's, yeah, you know, it is such fun cool whenever fate. you get the, so there are duo boons. I don't think we've mentioned that there are uh, boons where the two gods will kind of like have a little back and forth. Um, and then they'll have a boon that's like, you know, kind of both of their powers combined a little bit. And all of the Aphrodite duo boons are wild. Just like the conversations, the the Ares and Aphrodite conversations are really interesting specifically. Um, just yeah. like the two of them talking about which of them is a more wicked and dangerous god. It's really fun. <laughs> the god of war, the goddess of love. Uh, really, really fun. But specifically, I do like that uh, that Aphrodite keeps asking you to like say hi to Achilles. You know, yeah, like, hey, yeah, can you she's just a crush like, on tell Achilles I say hey. And every time you do, Achilles like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Why, why does she keep doing this to me? <laughs> so good yeah i i love that it's really cool yeah um cool uh podtimism on twitter asks please do power rankings of how horny the gods in hades are based on appearance our vote is on dionysus i mean that's clearly who right at least visually yeah it's, it's dionysus yeah easily <laughs> like the, you maybe think aphrodite but i think like that's just her weapon you know like i don't think she <laughs> she just wants power but i think dionysus actually wants to party yeah uh so yeah i, I would say dionysus Inez in discord a similar question says can i request that steven and brendan rate all the characters in hades from least to most jellical thanks no, really back. appreciate it we're back um, I, gave, I I talked about this with you before the show, actually, and I gave it some thought, and I uh, can canonically confirm that every character in this game is very jellical, so it's a clean slate except for Hades. He's the only not jellical, <laughs> adding to his resentment. Yeah, I, w- I would have said that. that Achilles maybe isn't jellical either, but then you learn more about Achilles and he becomes very jellical. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it's, this might be one of the most jellical games out there. Yeah. Um, Maybe the most jellical. Yeah. I'm trying to think is Zagreus jellical. Zagreus might not be. Uh, I think he's half jellical. Uh, great. Anyway, great. Yeah. Perfect. Let's leave it there. Uh, (laughs) Zeno and discord, uh, says I'm behind on episodes. Did the boys already mention their number one crush in Hades? Because that is the only question I need answered. Zagreus. Number one core. Zag- oh really okay oh, yeah interesting yeah zagreus zagreus being that hot like completely <laughs> fucked me up the first time i turned the game on i was like i i would have bought a gaming pc for this like I, why did nobody tell me <laughs> yeah this is a similar thing with jellical where like everyone is everyone is a crush you know yeah i think for it me, really is the case yes it's like yeah. ha- it's like hard to not fall in love with every character the triforce of crushes for me are artemis eurydice and thanatos those three i i have a very hard time choosing between yeah i would say probably it's i think like for me as a player artemis i think for zag thanatos mm-hmm. eurydice is like clearly involved in a side plot but like those are my three crushes so yeah. if i had to choose i'd say artemis uh moving on in lieu of disney hades which character from Supergiants Hades would best fit in Kingdom Hearts? Oh my god. That's a great question. I think Skelly. Uh, I could see <laughs> Skelly as a summon so clearly uh, and, and would fit right in with Sora, Donald, and Goofy. Because Skelly is like this cartoonish character amidst a lot of like hot emo kids, you know? Yeah. And like that's kind of Kingdom Hearts' whole vibe. Um, so I think Skelly 
I could also see Thanatos. Just I was just about to say Thanatos like, might be the one. Yeah, <laughs> he has a little bit of Organization Thirteen energy. I keep sure. having thoughts, but like they are actually characters from Hercules, like Zeus. I thought for a second, <laughs> but then there is a Zeus in Hercules. Um, I thought Cerberus for a second, but there's a Cerberus in Hercules. Um, yeah, I, I think I, th- I think if I had to pick, it would be Thanatos. Yeah, I yeah I do I do see Thanatos as like like an Organization Thirteen like hangout buddy. Yeah, Riku, why did you leave? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Rufus and Discord. What's the key? What's the one key thing from Hades that you'd like to see other roguelikes do? Narrative. Yeah, it's really the narrative. This is the first. Like we've we've played games like Into the Breach, and like there there are games that comment on the idea of starting over in that way. Uh, you know, there are narratives to uncover. Like there are really cryptic things to find in Binding of Isaac. Um, that might like clue into like a kind of Dark Souls plot where yeah. you can kind of interpret it. Dead any way Cells you want. had it a bit. I was actually bummed out that Dead Cells didn't have it more. I think that's one of the reasons I ended up passing yeah. off that game eventually. Was like it didn't get explored at a rate that I felt was like rewarding my continuous play of that in the way that Hades yeah. does literally every time you do anything. Yeah, and so the Breach had it in a way of justifying how starting over works in the narrative itself. But it's really up to you to fill in the emotional investment. Like, it's up to you to be like, oh, it's kind of like XCOM. Like, oh, I liked that unit I had, yeah. and now they're dead. But yeah, so I think, I think that Hades is by far and away the first roguelike to really think about what it looks like to write around starting over. So yeah. that would be our answer. Uh, and the last question, uh, Kyle Starr on Twitter. But what do you honestly think about the Schumacher Batman movies? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, we went into pretty long detail about this last time we opened up to questions. My, my quick answer, Batman forever. Okay. Batman and Robin, two thumbs down. Stinky. Might be the best Jim Carrey performance (laughs) and the worst Tommy Lee Jones performance. Yeah. That, that sums it up. And like a a pretty solid performance from Val Kilmer, you know? Yeah. If you want that kind of... It's a movie you might have watched when you had strep throat and were home from school one day. (laughs) That's kind of the vibe. Yeah. That's it. Those are all the questions. Uh, Thank you all so much for asking those questions. It was so much fun to go through that. Uh, Yeah. As always, please feel free to send us questions about literally anything you want whenever. Yeah. Uh, And now I think we'll we'll kind of segue into the spoiler segment. So if you uh, don't want to hear that, this is a good place to stop. We appreciate you listening. And if you do want to hear that, venture with us. Uh, after the break, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See you soon. So all I need to do is sacrifice some of my life essence to go in here. I don't see why not. Steven, I was up so late last night trying to escape the underworld. Uh, It was (laughs) one hell of an experience. I kept losing to the last boss over and over and over again which is like a curse in its own right is like i guess we can say who it is since we're in spoiler i was about to i was just about to say uh i'm about to say who it is gotcha gotcha but if again just one final spoiler warning we're gonna say who it is now uh you fight you fight hades at the end unsurprisingly i mean surprising the first time it happens maybe weirdly because like you kind of psych yourself out of thinking that it's gonna be hades but of course it ends up being hades yeah i made it to hades 10 times in a row which is 10 hours of gameplay just about (laughs) and lost to his second phase because there's two phases every time it was brutal i mean runs that had incredible synergistic builds and and runs that just had like complete nonsense horrible builds and of course 
you know, the last one at two in the morning that I think is going to be a goof. And I'm picking boons that make no fucking sense just like for the fun of it, just so I could get some dark gems and upgrade some stuff later and like get a couple keys. Uh, of course, that's the one that ends up being the one. <laughs> but what follows that run the first time you beat Hades and and escape the underworld is like one of the most beautiful narrative moments i've seen in a game in a long time i Me too i was floored by it like literally yeah. jaw open watching everything that that happened afterwards um yeah it was unbelievable do you want to talk about what happens there yeah if you don't mind i mean i i felt the same way i mean i teared up because you know throughout the whole game like it starts off in tartarus which is you know the, for the worst of the worst in hell yeah and you know anytime you're in a new area it kind of says like in big text like tartarus and then it's asphodel which is you know kind of the most like hell as we know it like the kind of fire and everything then you get into elysium the valhalla and then the St- river sticks which is you know the gateway i actually one of the big gut punches at the end of sticks is cerberus and i was like fuck you i'm not fighting cerberus <laughs> and like zagras even like winks at the camera he's like we would never fight boy i'll get you some food yeah and i like, toss it see so you run away but when you get out when you fight hades and he's like you know it's, I kind of weirdly felt a little bad for Hades. I mean, like, I'm glad I, I was most overcome with victory. But he's like, your own father. Just go. Like, if you wanted that much, just, like, get out of here. Yeah, I, I immediately uh, clocked all the stuff that you were talking about. And I would even take it a step further and say, like, it, they confirm it in the text there that, like, he has tried to escape in the past. He doesn't want to be there. I, you know, he got, he got the shit end of the deal between uh between the heavens the seas and and the land and uh and and the underworld and and he is extremely resentful of of that uh choice being made for him and has tried to escape it seems like he has tried to escape yeah. and has failed and knows he even says knows that. what's about to happen to you um or like has a hunch at least about what's about to happen he doesn't know for sure but he has a hunch yeah i think i think and a lot of people too it will all this explains so like you know you go and then in big font it just says greece and that's where i started tearing up because like oh my god i'm here yeah. and like it makes you kind of walk slowly like you really savor the moment it's so beautiful like the whole game is beautiful weirdly even yeah. when you're in hell but like it's a different kind of beauty and you see like this like purple seed and the sun rises and it's like kind of like this violent red but it's still beautiful but it's alarming and Zach's like oh like the sun like this is what it looks like yeah this is what it looks like and and I'm like oh man like I kind of had a feeling something was going to go wrong but then you, you go through the snow and eventually it turns into like you know Stardew Valley wonderful green farm and you see Persephone your mother yeah. incredible music incredible vibe like just gorgeous and Persephone like immediately looks like your mother like she looks more like Zagreus than Hades does like Zagreus has Hades complexion and the dark hair and the one red eye but like she's got the like anime protagonist spiky hair and like her dress has pockets she's just cool she's like hey like who are you why are you here and he's like um I'm your son and and you're both just kind of like at first she doesn't really believe you but then she's like she reveals she thought you died like she thought you you actually died uh and and you have this moment where like you connect and and as soon as it starts to kind of like feel like they're both settling into each other's company it's revealed that like Zagreus can't stay here very long like and and Persephone kind of she's like oh the fates are cruel like I'm overjoyed that you're alive like my son but like you know 
you have to go back. You can't stay in this realm. You're bound to that place. Right. You can only be here for so long, and so long is like a couple Which minutes. Which is yeah. such... Because like you kind of feel like that's coming based on what Hades is saying and based on seeing the sun, but like it is such a gut punch, but it's still... like It is so great meeting Persephone, and like you want to see her again. And and then the new the new goal is not just like okay I want to get out it's like I want to visit you as much as possible you know like I want to see you again and and going back there's this like bittersweetness narratively that everyone's like oh you made it why are you back and you're like I I can't be there I can't stay there but I need to figure out like I have so many more things I want to ask and and that moment you know beautiful narratively it's so bittersweet but it is so heartwarming even though it's kind of sad. Um, but you have this validation of like, okay, she's there and she wants to see me. She even says, like, tell your father I demand it, you know? Uh, and he, uh, you know, and, and the game essentially like goes back to what it used to be. Mechanically, they add this thing where you can take on packs. It's like, congratulations, you made it out and have summoned the wrath of Hades. And like, you can choose different ways to make the <laughs> Congratulations, Hades is even more pissed at you than before. Yeah. Uh, you can make the run harder. Like you can say, okay, enemies deal more damage uh, or things are more expensive and it raises the heat of your run and doing so allows you per weapon once again to get the items you got the first time for beating the boss. So like, you know, in the first run, whenever you beat uh, the first boss, Meg or her sisters with a weapon, you get Titan blood, but you can only get that once per weapon. Now you can get it once per bounty and, you know, it basically is like, okay, for each weapon, you can now do that again, but you have to raise the heat to make the run give you that. And that's all, that's all kind of up to you. I think you don't even have to raise the heat if you just want to go through again for story. But yes. if you want to, like, really upgrade all the weapon aspects and, like, there are things that happen. Like, Skelly, you know, Skelly just told me, he's like, hey, man, can you, like, kill me for good? Like, you know. Oh, like I, it really is it, on bay. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I, uh, he's like basically says like you need to upgrade your sword not anyone else's not nemesis you need to upgrade your sword to the max and that will put me to rest whoa so like i have a hunch that what's happening now is like visiting persephone as much as possible figuring out if there's a way to stay there and if not at least helping all the friends you've made get their own peace yeah you know reunite Eurydice and Orpheus reunite uh, Patroclus and Achilles mm -hmm. f let Skelly rest free Sisyphus even you know I, yeah. I wonder if the game and that's just a hunch but I, I, I do know for a fact like they're in your book of like goals like the in-game achievements it's like reunite Eurydice and Orpheus so that's gonna happen yeah I eventually. just got I just got that as a as a goal that I have to achieve yeah um so I, I just think it's like the game has opened up it feels like weirdly this is the new beginning mm -hmm. like I don't feel like I beat it in any way but that that moment of finding Persephone and like your motivation changing so much more significantly and like really questioning where your home is, you know, and that, that aids her. It's like you don't you can't stay there. Um, and and what does that involve? Like, does she come back to hell? You know, like, is that an option? Right. Because the myth of Persephone is like Hades kind of was lusting after her and stole her from Demeter. Uh, and, and Demeter was so distraught that she like the God of, you know, fertility and life and harvest. Yeah. She made it like forever winter basically. Mm -hmm. Um, which is what her boons are all like. They're all ice. They're all winter. And I'm wondering if that will ever connect. And then, and then I like, started to like kind of kill everyone. So all the Olympians were like, okay, shit, 
we got to figure out a way to solve this. How about <laughs> how about Persephone lives with Hades like for this part of the year, and then otherwise she's back with Demeter. And I wonder if this game is eventually going to have that twist where like to see her son Persephone also visits. Yes, maybe like she puts up her own deals her own baggage with Hades and is like, I want to see my son and it's not fair for you to make him do it this often. Cause she does really want to see you. Yeah. It's not like she's right. just, you know, waiting there. Like she wants yeah, to, the only reason that she was, I mean, yeah, she didn't know that you existed, right? She thought that yeah. you had died. And, and, and that's, that's the whole, uh, that's the whole reason that you, that you haven't seen her or heard from her or didn't even know that she was your mom for so long. Um, is that, you know, it was a secret being kept from pretty much everybody. Um, so yeah, I, I actually am starting to wonder if that's also going to be the case. I think, I think there will be a turn at some point in this game. I don't know when or how we'll accomplish that. It might just be like making it to her 10 times or something, you know? Um, yeah. but eventually I could see her coming back. And then I wonder again, that's again going to be another page turn. Like, okay, what does the game mean now that Persephone's here? Why are you continuing to try and go through the underworld and make it out if Persephone the person that you're trying to make it to is just hanging out in the underworld in the house of Hades with you. Like, what does that mean? I'm so curious to see what, what and, that is going to turn into. And what I think it, I, the hunch I have is this reshifting to helping others, you know, cause I think like, yeah, is, is, you know, he is a little bit mature, but I think, I think there's a reason why a lot of these characters, the Chthonic gods are all like wanting you to stay home in their own way. And the game is even kind of prioritizing you investing in the Hall of Hades. Like they want you to redecorate it. They want you to make it nicer. Yes, I like, was just about to say. I think I think one of the the key aspects of you uh, of reshaping this game. So like you have seen the outside. You know what is out there. You just want to make it back to Persephone over and over and over again. But her specifically hammering home the idea that like you can't leave the house of Hades. That is your home. That is where you have to hang out completely reframes why you would spend any of your gems on those house upgrades. Like that's why you would go buy, you know, flower petals uh, over at the pool where pe- the pool of blood, where people spawn when they die. Um, that's why you would like upgrade the drapes and, and put a mirror in like the West wing, you know, like it's just because you're, you're stuck there. So you might as well make it look as nice as possible. You and know? also like all the characters seem to really miss Persephone, especially Hades. Like he would never admit it, but yeah, like you can yeah. tell. And like Cerberus, like you mentioned, he's like, Hey boy, Persephone like is happy you're doing well. And like all his heads perk up. Yeah, it's like, the one all, time that all three yeah. heads are on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like Nick's, you know, everyone seems like, she made a really it, and it seems like a twist on the tale because you know the the original myth is like very much Hades like is a creep and is a bad guy. I don't know if this game is painting him the same way. I I wonder if like you know there is a part of this game that is almost like smoothing out your relationship with Hades because there's enough empathy happening at least on my end that I'm like wondering when that turn is going to happen. Yeah, you know it feels inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just wonder like if the game is really more about making peace with your current family rather than trying to run away to some to someone you don't even know. Yeah, because like as great as Persephone is, like you don't know what Greece is like, you know. And and I think it's also important that a lot of your allies are mortals. Like Achilles was like, yeah, I I know Greece. I was there. <laughs> you yeah. know, like they it's a, a place is a place. You know, it's not like and people seem to be making peace no matter where they are. I mean. Eurydice has her like really cool, cozy apartment in Asphodel where she's like cooking and singing all the time, despite being in hell. Yeah. Uh, even Sisyphus has kind of made peace with it. So I wonder, I could definitely see the writing of this game being more about like 
that full circle like i'm actually happy where i am having had all this new insight i want to make my immediate surroundings work because i can go anywhere and i'm going to face the same you know i'm going to face the same adversity no matter where i am whether i'm in the perceived heaven or the perceived hell or the material realm like i've what i need to focus on are the people that are trying to help me for genuine reasons and really like reconnect with them yeah you know because it's a whole new thing like I, once you escape and you talk to nicks and you're like talking to everyone about persephone zagreus is like i feel guilty now accepting the olympian boons because they think i'm gonna go to olympus and like i can't do that right like i don't even know if i want to do that i just want to <laughs> go to i want to hang out with my mom in this farm you know that's what i want yeah um so like it's really fascinating and this is like an almost more interesting story than just i want to escape i hate my dad because like this is more about really exploring everyone's perspective now yeah it's about you know persephone is no longer an existential person she's a she's a character in the game who wants the same thing as you yeah uh and and i'm so fascinated to see that play out yeah it really i mean look we've we've it's no surprise that this is one of our favorite games of the year. You know, like it's 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 extremely obvious. And I I just yeah. think that like making it to the end, having a successful run of this game, um, really just feels so much like a new beginning for a new story being told, um, and yeah. a completely new tonal and thematic shift for what the thing is going to be. It's just like, shock! It's shocking. It's 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 another shocking turn in a game that has already been doing everything so well that I like I can't think of honestly like real talk right now I think it might be like the best roguelike ever made I mean I I say that like knowing full well the the uh, pedestal upon which I put Spelunky and Spelunky two mm-hmm. but even Spelunky two a game that I was excited about you know including some kind of narrative and like kind of exploring the idea of of rebirth and stuff like that uh, this game has everything I love about every roguelike smashed together with a story that I think is is not only interesting in the way it's, you know, holding a mirror up to the idea of being a roguelike, but also just in taking like one of the most classical ideas of, of mythology, finding a new way to talk about it uh, in a way that feels like modern and fulfilling and interesting and, um and, and subversive and like, I I've I've never seen that in a game before and I've never seen that in a roguelike before and and having all of that happen simultaneously is like almost overwhelming and it's why I'm so tired right now you know and like <laughs> when was I can't tell you the last time I stayed up until 2 playing a game and I've done that more than once with Hades already you know I did it last night but I've also done it in the past you know since it came out last yeah. week I mean, I'll add to that, too. Like, you know, I think that doing this show, like we check out a lot of stuff that we are really into. And there are a lot of games that I want to put more time in, but we have to, like, eventually move on sometimes. And this game, I want to see everything. I want to 100 percent this game, which is not normally a vibe I I have. Like, I'm very comfortable, like having my experience and leaving it there. This game, I want to do everything possible. Yeah, the you know, more I, honestly, the more we talk about it, and the more we talk about you know what the story means and what the narrative means, the more I want to put time into it. And honestly, the way I'm thinking about doing that now is switching my Spelunky morning streams to Hades morning streams, just so I can have an hour in Hades every morning, like making sure that I'm making progress in in all of those stories and and yeah, unlocking all those relationships. Yeah, I mean, I the feeling going back to what you're saying about like the this sort of new beginning once you meet Persephone and once you like escape for the first time it 
was the same feeling I got with Midgar and the original Final Fantasy VII. Mm, like, yeah. the game tricks you into thinking it's going to be one thing the whole time, and then it immediately opens up. And I haven't felt that, like... It really... I mean, like, no no corny metaphor. Like, it does feel like you're, like... It's like a giant breath of fresh air. Like, suddenly, yeah. this game you thought you kind of got down second nature, like, opens up mechanically and narratively. And, and that, like, yes, roguelike, but also just as a game overall. Like, I have not seen many games so nail this like parallel this literally mirror between narrative and mechanic the fact that you can't do the heats and everything until you've escaped for the first time adds so much and the fact that like when you talk to hades he kind of denies that it ever happened you're like hey can you go let me see mom i kicked your ass i won fair and square and he's like what are you talking about i would remember that and i think it's like he doesn't want to admit that in the Hall of Hades. Yeah, and then but you the run contract, into him again. Like I, I've run into him again after that run. You know, after my after my win. You know, and he and he very clearly acknowledges that you have beaten him before. But I just don't think he wants to do it in the Hall of Hades specifically. The thing too that's really hitting me hard is like when you get out of the River Styx, you're in this kind of snowy meadow, and Hades is there. He's just looking at the the water. He's like just kind of like he he's standing at the point. That he's probably like, this is the furthest I can stand in the material realm without disintegrating. Yeah. It almost feels like it's more for him than for you. Like, he's there to stop you, but he's also like, like, you're the one to initiate combat. Like, he's usually there just to talk and like, just to like, he wants to try to reach out to you, but like, he's not able to, he's not equipped to do that emotionally. Yeah. You you get the impression that, that he doesn't just go there to stop you. Like he, that maybe part of his routine sometimes is hanging out at exactly that point and just like looking at the water and, and thinking about, you know, what he can't do. Yeah. But uh, on top of that, um, when, when you finally beat him, when you, when you kill him for the first time, and I imagine every time after that, I've only done it once, but I imagine every time after that, his death animation is your death animation. It is the same yeah. thing. It says there is no escape at the top and he, you know, dissolves into a pool of blood just like you do every time you die, which I think very clearly indicates that he is going through the exact same scenario you are. Like that, maybe at some point he had also tried doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, Hades is incredible. It's an amazing thing. If you're listening to this part, then you know that already because you know we're talking about <laughs> spoiler stuff. Uh, I imagine we'll probably talk about it again. If not now, then in the game of the year, we'll talk extensively about it. Yeah, but yeah, that that's all I have at the moment. Um, if if you want to wrap up. Yeah, I mean, we'll revisit again. I'm sure there's going to be another unfolding at a certain point. Like, you know, we we've only made it out once. There are people in the Discord that have made it out ten times, yeah. and like, they're you know, it, it's like, <laughs> like when you get killed by Hades, Hypnos is like, wow, you got killed by Redacted? Who's that? You know, yeah. Like the whole Discord is redacted because no people are thankfully very good about not spoiling anything. But like, I imagine this game just you know, there's so many things that are still locked to me that I'm. Um, just so eager to learn more just like Zagreus he's like I have so many questions and you do too you know like you really want to see how this plays out and I and I and I have a feeling it's going to be I think there's a happy ending in sight you know like as as cyclical and as everything is I think that the writing here maybe not like a perfect ending but I think there's going to be closure yeah you know eventually once you finally make it like I think the line the line that Zagreus has when he does get taken by the river sticks when he's with uh persephone he says as long as it takes you know Mm -hmm. that's what they say to each other and that's like such a 
the game could end there. There's a version of this game that could it end there. It rolls credits and like that's yeah, it. And yeah. it, it would be bittersweet and like still really great. But like the fact that the game almost starts there now is like so wild. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I could just imagine the credits rolling and then Boldy is there at the end. It's like, hey, if you didn't get it, here's Boldy. <laughs> they do a, a near auto model like, why don't you try loading your save? And then you're just scaly walking around. <laughs> Anyway, hey, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. Um, as we, I mean, we said a lot of the stuff at the top. You can go to Into the Cast online to uh, check out all the links. Thank you every, uh, to everyone who uh, is backing the Patreon at the moment. Um, as we say every week, uh, if backing the Patreon in any way impacts you financially, negatively, uh, please do not do it. It is very much okay. Um, but for those of you who are doing it, thank you so much. Uh, some new people wrote some Apple podcast reviews recently. Thank you to those of you who've done that. Um, if you haven't and you'd like to, it does. I think it helps. I'm not really sure anymore, but I, I'm, I'm told it helps. Um, so that'd be really cool if you wouldn't mind doing that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm streaming on Twitch every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so check that out. Maybe it'll be Hades now, honestly. I, I'm starting to think that that might be the move. Yeah, I'm currently beholden to PS4 streaming, so I'll probably do DBC some more just to add a little yeah. flair to it. But um. Once I get the once I get my Xbox in November, I am definitely going to try to find a day of the week to commit to to do the long plays. So like Tight. I might be like, OK, this is the we, we had the title Good Morning Oblivion as a potential <laughs> yeah. option. But I honestly probably... think whatever you do is going to be separate from whatever Oblivion ends up being. I think, I, think, <laughs> I think that I think that you will have your own ITA plays thing happening and then you and I together will do Oblivion. I feel like that's, that's, that's actually a good, like you and I together streaming game. That's the move, because the poll I did, which was, again, it was Mass Effect 1 through 3, Dragon Age Origins, or Oblivion. The poll was 30% Mass Effect, 30% Dragon Age, and 40 Oblivion. So that means that people want all of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, I, and, and more importantly, I want to do all of it, right? Yeah, that's what it's matters. It's about me. So I think, yeah, we'll definitely do an Oblivion together, and then I'll probably do like Mass Effect or something on my own. Yeah. Um, so cool. check that out. That's twitch.tv slash into the cast. Um, join the Discord. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Do do all meet, that stuff. Meet Bort. Bort's great. Yeah, meet Bort. Go hang out with Bort. They're fascinating. Bort is definitely has chaos energy from from Hades. Yeah, they're, we didn't talk about chaos, chaos a whole lot in this episode. Maybe next which is time amazing. We'll talk about Hades. Yeah, we'll talk about chaos. Chaos, chaos is is one of my favorite characters. Me too. Easily. Yeah, I want a Funko Pop of Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of beady eyes on like intestines with faces. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my name is Brendan Bigley. You can find me on the internet at Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. You can find me in the plains of Asphodel, singing, cooking, giving you booze. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Stephen Hilger. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool, man. I mean, there, there have been a lot of great games this year. Um, and this one is just like, so our shit. It feels, I haven't felt this excited in a long time. Which is weird because we've been really into, like, I don't want to downplay a lot of our past episodes about games that we loved, but this is like, this is a whole other level. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it really is. Anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Garbage dot online.